Today on Gamerhead Radio, episode 183, find out how you can get a refund if you did not like episode 182. It's not coming out of my fucking pocket. Gamerhead Radio starts now. Good evening, and welcome to uh, Gamerhead Radio, episode 183. I am Charlie, Tekken Tronicorn Worthley. Candy Mountain, Charlie. I am Jonathan Santiago, a.k.a. Fallon Flynn. We're being for villains! Come on! I am prepared goat. <laughs> ooh, ooh, this intrigues me. You're already, no, you're no pause, no nothing. I was on it. Look at that shit. <laughs> Two weeks in a row, man. Ladies well, and gentlemen, you- he's on fire. You knew you were going to be last as soon as John went, so I would hope so. But, uh, but, yes, hey, but you know wait, wait to steal the thunder, Charlie. That sounded <laughs> great. And then you were just like, no, no. You're, you're that asshole who like points out the flaws in movies, aren't you? <laughs> um, sometimes. Depends on the movie. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, yeah, so we're back here for episode 183. Uh, how are you gentlemen doing this evening? Very well. Yeah, it's been a, been a busy week, but uh, hanging in there. Uh, well, I'm... It, how how has your week been busy, John? Um, so I had a bunch of crazy things happen with school. The short version is I may be doing late registration as opposed to what I had originally planned to do because a snafu took place where uh, the class I was scheduled for apparently seems to be scheduled to happen more than it was supposed to. Um, and so I had to drop that class, which left me without the class that I needed. Uh, and so currently I'm not enrolled for school, which is very disheartening. Um, so I spent a lot oh, of time that's... trying to exploit a loophole oh. to get in. Yeah. So, which may be possible. Not only may I exploit a loophole, but I may actually get my tuition waived for this semester uh, entirely. Because well, hooray of it. for so, money, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but that was uh, one thing, you know. And then um, <clears throat> for anybody that caught the tail end of the episode where we were live, but not live, it was like. The feed was still live, but the show was over. Um, I discovered last week that my wife and I are having another baby. <laughs> so um, that has been a very busy week in preparation and announcing and discussing lots of phone calls and back and forth talking to people. Uh, a lot of sleepless nights wondering um, who I am and how I got here. So, um, that, yeah, it's been a good week. But anyways, yeah, that was that was it for my week, man. Like, I just spent time doing that. I did manage to squeeze some gaming in, which I'll talk about when we get to that portion of the show coming up. And we'll have something new to talk about uh, that I picked up today. Oh, but, look um, at you, buying new buying games, new buying new babies. Man, buying new babies. Real Moving cheap, all that school dude. money. Real cheap. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah, all that school money. I'm fucking oh. broke! Um, <laughs> how about you, me, I, I'm running. I'm running on fumes and and hopes and dreams and there are not enough fucking days and in in, in in hours in in the world for me to get everything I need to get done nope. done. Um, started prepping. Um, doing a couple replons and stuff like that on the old tour bag of doom. Um, let's see what else have I done. Uh, studio, studio, studio. Trying to get these clients clicked off my freaking list so I don't have people calling me and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in Saskatchewan this weekend, I, uh, I can't work on your record. Uh, <laughs> they tend not to like that as clients. Um, as you guys can see watching the stream too, Charlie has rejoined us. Yes. You know, the, the you, awesome uh, you... power of his, his beard stroke shook the house and knocked the power out <laughs> and that's why he's disconnected. 
Google, why are you sign me out in the middle of Hangout? <laughs> yeah. All well, of I mean, was just like, please log in. I'm just like, I, I was. Clearly, <laughs> clearly. I was fucking logged in. <laughs> uh, anyways, sorry. Continue. It might be the it might be that English you were using. It may, it may not yeah. decide that. Or, or <laughs> something. Put yeah. a dunce hat on Google tonight. So, I just like the irony that the IT guy is yelling at Google. <laughs> well, considering he's the secret CEO of the company, yeah. one would think that if anybody's yeah. rig would be uh, Google proof, uh, uh, it would yeah, be I, I'm surprised he's on the phone being like, yo, Steve, like, what the fuck? Like, we've wait, talked wait about this. Wait for the headline tomorrow, <laughs> Google, man. Heads will roll. When you start seeing some layoffs, you know it's coming down from the top. The, the big man with the beard at the top. <laughs> somebody's, Char- already, somebody's already fired, but yeah. I'm, I knew it. He is, he's talking about Pyro, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I call him Pyro, because he's on fire. But I'm, no, sh- no, dad joke dog. number one for the night. Oh. Oh well, yeah. Actually, since you're becoming a a, a, a what is that? Father to the squared power, I guess. Yeah. Me get you <laughs> Papa squared. Yeah. You you would actually uh, level up to two dad jokes an episode now, one per. Oh yeah, I, is, I is that how that works? <laughs> I'm pretty it sure does, that's does how that now, works. <laughs> um, Charlie, you were in the middle of a thought when Google so rudely interrupted you. What were you gonna say? Um, I was just gonna. I was just saying that John, that that noise that you made. Um, I, I I think it was a scream. It was something close to a scream, if not exactly a scream. But I, I have a feeling mm-hmm. that that's basically the exact same noise that you make when you made when you received the news at, in person at the time. Can it, you mm-hmm. confirm or deny this? It, it is. <laughs> yes, I did. And the closest thing that I can describe it as is what the soul sounds like. When it's leaving your body in the form of a panicked fart from your mouth, <laughs> it was a soul fart. I had a soul mm. fart that escaped my mouth. Ugh. Five so bucks says yeah. five five dollars says it's somewhere somehow that's a band name. Just saying, mm-hmm. um, soul fart. Yeah, bet you they're from Germany. So well, that, I mean that, that also would explain. I'm guessing it's probably the same same noise he made when he delivered the goods as well. Uh, you may be right, man. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on though. Um, so how was your week, Charlie? Tell us about it. Uh, it was good. So and and following the pattern that I have been on recently. So uh, for Ponyville Cider Fest last week, we announced uh, Katrina Hadley. Uh, Katrina is. Did you just uh, go Sean Connery? <laughs> it happens sometimes. He announced. He announced <laughs> Katrina Hadley. It yeah. does. It it it, it um, it's the beard. Honestly, it, uh, yeah. it, it sometimes it has a mind of its own, and it changes its yeah. a- my accent at random intervals. Um, no, we announced Katrina Hadley, who is the assistant director for the um, uh, for the next Equestria Girls movie that's going to be coming out uh, the first weekend in October. Um, uh, for those of you who say what what Nick. God's name is that. Um, that's what a lot of us in the fandom have been asking, also. But um, no, it uh, it uh, is a tie-in movie series with the main My Little Pony series, where it's an alternate universe where all of the ponies have human counterparts, and there's a storyline about how the main character Twilight Sparkle accidentally goes into this alternate universe, and it's 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 human versions of these pony characters. It's uh, I have many questions for her, so <laughs> I'll just leave it yes, at that. I'm sure you do. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no, Katrina's awesome. Um, uh, we met her, Michelle and I met her when uh, we were in Vancouver a couple months back. Um, and uh, she's actually uh, Jim Miller's uh, girl- girlfriend, actually. So, um, so, uh, so, yeah, no, really cool person. Um, she also, if I remember this correctly, she is currently the only female director at um, DHX, which is the animation company that, uh, that that puts out this stuff. And so, um, yeah, kind of, kind of a cool uh, little. Uh, 
um, badge on her sleeve for that. But yeah, um, so yeah, no, Katrina's awesome. I'll be looking forward to having her. Apparently, her and Jen Blake um, have gotten into, this, into some antics in the past, and so of course, looking forward to seeing whatever those two managed to uh, to drum up. Um, but yeah, uh, she was also formerly a storyboard artist on the main series, so it's not just that that she's done. Quick, yeah. quick question. Quick yes. question. Does yes. she call her uh, her her our, uh, subordinates the waves? Why would she do that? Because of Katrina and the waves? Come on, man. No, man. <laughs> nope. Uh, nope. The, the, your reference is lost on me. I'm sorry. Much, just as much, like, much like the 80s, that <laughs> reference has been lost and quashed and never to be remembered <laughs> again. Um, yep, no, Walking sorry, on nope. sunshine. Come on. Everybody oh, knows that song. Well, I know the song. I didn't know the band name, but uh, okay, noted. That tells um, you how, how pivotal that band wasn't <laughs> to the era. Um... Yes, but uh, moving but along. Yeah. Bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> I can call it. I can call my own shit. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's Anything. Responsibility um, go. <laughs> so, uh, so that that that's been my exciting thing uh, for the last week. Um, uh, aside from that, I uh, went to. Um, uh, if, if any of you uh, grew up or are uh, spent any time as a child in the Chicagoland area, you are probably familiar with a place that goes by the name of Santa's Village. Um, now, some of you might be saying, "Oh my God!" I thought they closed that place down. Well, they did, and then they reopened it. Um, and so, why? Um, I well, uh, okay. So actually, it's a horror movie waiting to happen. <laughs> um, I went there yesterday with Michelle, uh, my niece Addison, who you might remember as being the evil demon child from the last time we played Mario Party, um, and um, and uh, Michelle's mom and my dad. And we went there yesterday and spent the day there. And for like the twenty dollars of admission, uh, it was not bad. I mean, like there are, are like the smallest like little kitty rides, but they've also turned it into like quite the um, exotic. I mean like, pseudo-exotic, like, petting zoo. Like, for example's sake, if you're friends with me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter, you may have seen a video that I posted where um, uh, we are holding and petting and hanging out with the most adorable albino wallaby. Not I didn't see this wallaby. I cannot believe that it's not somewhere hopping around in the background of your office right there. <laughs> um... Uh, no, fortunately, the authorities were very kind and understanding, and we were not the first person to try and steal it, so they let us off mm. of the warning. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, it was lucky. Yeah. No, um, no Wally Worthley. No, no. Um, but, yeah, no, so actually, um, uh, kind, of, uh, kind of cool that it's still around um, and, and operating and everything. Um, and, uh, yeah. Man, so, yeah, that, that, was, that, that was my <laughs> exciting week. Um but, uh, but yeah, uh, so uh, bef uh, before we move on to what we've been playing recently, let's go ahead and take a look at the, what we've got coming up in releases for this next week. So on Tuesday, August 30th, we've got Assetto Corsa coming out on the PS4 and the Xbox One. Attack on Titan, the video game version, is coming out on PS3, the Vita, PS4, and the Xbox One. Uh, God Eater 2 Rage Burst is coming out on the PC, the PS4, and the Vita. Atsune Miku Project Diva X coming out on the PS4 and the Vita. Hue is coming out on the PC. Uh, Resident Evil 4 is getting a port to the PS4 and the Xbox One. Uh, Strike Vector EX is coming out on the PS4. Uh, Wild, uh, the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Complete Edition is coming out for the PC, the PS4, and the Xbox One. Uh, and the expansion for World of Warcraft Legion is coming out on the PC and Mac. Uh, looking into the future on September 6th, with uh, following week, Just Sing! Is coming out on the PS4 and the Xbox One. Uh, Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 2 uh, is coming out on the PS3 and the Vita. Uh, Tohu Genso Rondo Bullet Ballet 
uh, is coming on the PS4, and XCOM 2 is getting a release on the PS4 as well. September 9th, uh, Elder Scrolls Online Gold Edition is coming out on the PS4, the Xbox One, and the PC. So, uh, John, I remember last week you were talking about that you were uh, at least moderately uh, looking forward to the World of Warcraft expansion. Anything else on this list interesting you, or anything um, for you, Goat? I've looked up and and heard from a, a couple of early review um, outlets, particularly on YouTube, um, that uh, Attack on Titans is actually pretty fun. Uh, really? It, that it's yeah. That it the, that the aerial combat portion of it, and when you're on the the zip. The zip lines and all the uh, you know the, the the gear like all the aerial gear the 360 mm-hmm. degree uh, gear um, that it's actually pretty well handled the controls really well and it's a lot of fun to play. I've heard that it's a little repetitive, but I heard it was fun and it looks like it captures the sort of vibe of the show to me. So I would be interested in trying it out and playing it. I love Attack on Titan. Anybody who who doesn't know like I like anime. I'm not like a huge anime fan. Not because I don't like anime, but because a lot of times the storytelling is really vapid. Um, but uh, Attack on Titan was one of those things where I, I could understand why it blew up so big. I love that show. It's awesome. I'm I'm on the exact same page with your sentiments right there. Um, I used to watch a lot more anime than I do now. Yeah. now but um, the uh, Attack on Titan is like one of three animes that I've um, that I've made sure to make the time to watch in like the last. Uh, the last handful of years, and it was worth every moment. Um, and I'm very cool. excited yeah. that um, season two of the anime is going to be coming out. I think in the next couple months here, finally. Yeah. Um, and no, uh, they pushed cause... it back. I think they pushed it back to ah uh, no, like okay, maybe well... April or something. I don't know. Okay, well, um, as with game releases, hopefully it's mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. to make sure that it's. Um, well, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't come out with any bugs. I guess I don't yeah. know what to say there. But um, um, other than that, um, <laughs> XCOM two. I'm interested in XCOM two, but that's it. Go how about you? I find it I find it interesting that you both don't watch as much anime, but have been going to twice as many anime cons lately. Honestly, I I would watch more anime if I had more time, but I'm constantly I'm constantly At watching cons. so many fucking things, <laughs> all the time. Like I'm yeah. currently trying to drink in all of the CW shows, the CW superhero shows, to catch up so that I'm onto everything. So I'm watching Supergirl and Flash and Legends of Tomorrow right now. And uh, or not Flash. I finished all Flash. Arrow, the fourth season of Arrow, which by the way, it's fucking awful. For anybody who wants to know, the season four of Arrow is <laughs> goddamn near unwatchable. But is that I'm the most recent? Is that yes. The most recent? I forget the, the where it they are on the numbering. Not good. Uh, it was not my favorite. No. Yeah. Not, Fla- not Flash is really good. Yeah, I, you know. Yeah. And I, I like. Heard I Arrow has a lull. Late. It does have a lull. It has a um, great depression, is what I would call it. <laughs> Yeah, there's um they they sort of get a little bonkers with some of the storylines and in, in a way that is that should be more interesting than it is, but it's just it, not. It just turns into um, a. It's the first time I've seen any of those shows, superhero shows on CW, and went. It feels like a CW show in that it is like dumb melodramatic drama, like it's not good. Like I'm Oliver's interested. Creek. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And, and for more on this topic, check out our sister podcast, CW Head. Radio. Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Geekhead Radio, man, it's coming. <laughs> yeah. So at some point, it's got. We, we might have to branch off at some point. Yeah. We'll yeah. just crack this thing open and make it a pop culture podcast. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's, anywho, that's um, yeah, I, I would say that, I mean there isn't really anything on here that's that's got my eye at all. I mean, no, you, my my skirt was not blown. No, um, I mean I've I've never played WoW. Um, uh, missing I, out, Charlie. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> Good story and, uh, content there, Charlie. 
I, yeah, that's nice. Um, and uh, <laughs> you know, I'm 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 happy that they're coming out with a complete edition of Witcher Three because I, I fantasize that one day I'll have time to play the game just because it's so well mm-hmm. regarded by everybody. Hey, um, so the fact that you're, maybe you're lucky, Charlie. The fact that maybe in two years I'll be able to get the complete yeah. edition for like twenty bucks. Hooray! Perfect. Um, and and they said that's the final one for the series, so you don't have to worry about getting it done before Witcher Four. <laughs> well, good. Uh, but I mean, I still have my Games with Gold copy of I think Witcher Two that I haven't touched. So <laughs> whatever. You're doing good. You're doing really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, speaking of how we're doing with games, what have you guys been playing recently? Go. Me? Oh. Um. Well, Xbox was gracious enough to find the one weekend I had enough flexible time to exploit things um, and made Forza, Forza 6 uh, free this weekend. Uh, so I, I couldn't download it fast enough. Um, <laughs> uh, is, is that a racing joke hidden inside of inside of a racing game? Uh, it can be. Let's go with that. Yeah, sure. Mm. <laughs> totally intentional. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes. That was, that was, yep. But uh, it, I like it a lot more than five. Five was too drawn out. It was it was too big. I mean, it just I, I'm still working through five for God's sakes. It's it was just massive. It was like you know the World of Warcraft of Forza games. I'm like, hey, hey, hey all right, there's a <laughs> there's a content cap here, people. And we're we're past it. Like I got oh god, I got like days days into Forza five, and I think I'm only like fifteen percent done with the game. Now with Forza six, they kind of they kind of backed off a little bit. They made it a little bit more, you know, a little more concise. You do fifteen series. That's technically story mode. They threw mods in there, so now you can like kind of upgrade your traction or whatever like that. <laughs> certain tracks and this and that and the other thing, which is kind of cool. Whatever, you know, it's an arcadey thing. Um, but they've really streamlined it and kind of got back to the core and 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 cut out all the uh, the fluff, which I think they needed to do. Um, and then, let's see, other than that, I, uh, what else did I play this week? Good God. Uh, still playing Iron Maiden, because, you know, I, I got a problem with that game. <laughs> God, do I have a problem with that game. Um, Everybody's got a guilty pleasure, you know? Yeah. Well, it's my pooping game, so it works out, you know. Pooping game. Yeah, like three, four matches, and I'm like, oh, I'm done here. <laughs> um, I'm a four, I'm a four-match pooper. Um... That's, that's that's more information than I needed, but continue. Okay. Well, I mean, more information would be it was corn peanuts and... Sorry, no, that, but that's even more. That's additional. That's far beyond needed. <laughs> uh, so please, <laughs> the fact that I flushed out my dreams of my oh, life every time. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know where that was going, but it sounded really good. <laughs> uh, and then I played. I, I picked up this uh, this weird game. Um, you, did you guys ever play Neverhood? The game no, Neverhood. No, I don't think so. Oh, oh, you're missing out, Charlie. You are missing out. Uh, uh, clay, claymation kind of um, uh, puzzler kind of thing. Well, they made a new game. And it's called uh, Ameri- uh, Arm- Armacorg. Armacorg. Uh, oh yeah, we covered. Did we cover that in the releases last week? I remember the, mm-hmm. remember yeah. the title. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is a claymation uh, point-and-click uh, puzzler, and it is. It's take Toe Jam and Earl and like Odd World and put them together, but make the puzzles like. Mist level, uh, like like a mist level of a difficulty. Like you have to find the puzzles and then you have to solve the puzzles. And finding the puzzles is like just as equally hard as figuring out what the hell you're supposed to do with the puzzle. It's mm. it's awesome and frustrating and everything you want in a puzzling <laughs> game, 
all in one. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> sorry, like, I, I'm sorry, are you sure you're not describing The Witness? <laughs> uh, yes, because this is funny, and it actually has a character that's not you. Oh, oh okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're uh, oh, what the fuck's his name? Tommy, oh, God, I can't remember. His, his, his short name is Tommy, and then his dog is Beak Beak. His, his blind dog is Beak Beak. Oh, Okay. Um, and they, uh, they, it's like Toe Jam and Earl, like banter back and forth. Like they open the, they open the game. You crash your spaceship. My other spoiler, the first literal seven nanoseconds of the game. Okay. But uh, they, they look and he's like, oh, I don't know if this is gonna work. And the dog goes, uh, Yeah, I don't know if our insurance is gonna cover us. Our rates are nuts. So it's like that kind of banter. Okay. But it's really, really good. I highly suggest it for you, Charlie. Um, and yeah, then, I see. Um, I see what you mean when you're describing the style. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. that's uh. Like very, very oh, yeah. Jam and Earl yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Like it, it and, reminds uh, and, me of Joe Jam and Earl and um, what the hell is it? And like, dipped into Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I was gonna say Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, and then but I mean like so go. But you were referencing um um uh, now when you mentioned the Neverhood, is this game related to the Neverhood or is it same people? It's the it, people who made Neverhood and Earthworm Jim. So now, so this is the Neverhood, and you guys might notice that that's a Windows 95 logo in the corner there. So this is not a recent game by any means. Jesus um, Christ! I'm but, old uh, but yeah, no, the style is is, is obviously the same as well as mm-hmm. with Earthworm Jim. So yeah, cool. yeah. So but yeah. but it's so it's a least... puzzle. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's like a it's an action puzzler. Okay, all right, noted. Cool. It's and it's on sale right now for nine dollars, <laughs> dollar off. Okay. The the, the getting's good. <laughs> So that's all I got in this week. What uh, what, what speaking of Charlie, what'd you what'd you get in in game? Um, so uh, let's see. I um, so um, uh, I, I I had not finished Life is Strange when we talked last, correct, or had I? No, you had not. Okay, you were so, just finishing it. You thought so, you were close to the end. You mm-hmm. assumed. You said it felt yes. like it might. You might be close to the end. Yes. So I finished Life is Strange. Um, <laughs> so you were correct. I was, in fact, um, and uh, so Life is Strange was uh, fascinating. Um, he- here's here's what I did and I did not like about it. Um, so I-, I liked that it wasn't just a straight Telltale Telltale game style ripoff, like like I, like I talked about before. Like there was um, more of a more of a game in it. Like not, and when I say that, I don't I don't mean just like quick time events. I mean like there were like fetch quests and you know where you had to like walk around and like find things. Like there's a there's a scene where you're at a you're at a junkyard with one of your friends and um, you're gonna do some target practice. And so you have to walk around this junkyard and find five bottles to use a target practice, which also of course provides an opportunity to come across things that tell the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. But still, nonetheless, game you have to solve like little mini puzzles is how to get to some of these bottles. But uh, yeah, um, it's also different in like I talked before about the fact that you could basically rewind a conversation to to see all of, all the possibilities, which was as useful as it was maddening. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, so what I did not like, and uh, also the story and just the narrative again, as I've talked about previously, just to kind of summarize everything, um, got really really serious and really intense, especially in the third and fourth chapters. Um, I. The fifth chapter kind of went off the rails for me. Um, uh, fifth and final chapter, the, um, the 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 story that they start to tell. So again, like you know, minor spoiler in the fact that this is revealed like in the first few minutes of the game, like your character basically develops the ability to control time. So first of all, 
spoiler alert, they never explain how or why she got this ability. Like it's just it's just, it's, it's never it's, it's never it's just, it's just never addressed. I mean, like, uh, like of course the characters ponder over it, but the game never explains why Max all of a sudden is able to rewind time and then f- come across additional powers as 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 the game goes on. Um, it's kind of cool though, if you think about it. I mean, uh, I mean, I guess. I mean, so from a from a, I understand what you mean when you say that, but me as the player having gone through it. It wasn't handled in a way where it was just like it doesn't matter. Like it to me, it very much felt like it mattered why the main character Max had these powers. So it wasn't just like oh, all of a sudden, you know, I can I can you know do this and why I can do it doesn't matter. I'm just gonna go do stuff with it. No, to me it felt to me oh. it felt very important and relevant why she had these powers, but they never addressed why she had these. So powers. that so. they hung the question carrot over you the entire game and never let you touch it. Yeah. Okay. Yes, absolutely. That, that's, that's kind of a dick um, move. And then, yeah, and then um, you know, as, it's a, as a common trope. So again, minor spoiler, but we're talking about a game that's been out for a while here, and I'm not I'm not giving anything huge away. Um, but uh, and this is a very very common thing. Uh, but of course, as, the, as she goes on, the more she uses her powers, it starts to affect her. Um, you know, starting with the stereotypical nosebleed, which you know anyway, you could probably see coming. Um, and, yeah, every time uh, I bend time, I get a nosebleed. I know, yeah. me too, right? <laughs> um, but uh, um, uh, especially in the last chapter, it starts to wear on her. She has to use her powers quite a bit in a short amount of time for various reasons. And um, uh, there's half of the last chapter is her falling unconscious and going through this weird dream state where, I mean, she's literally just like dreaming and hallucinating all these different things a lot. And some of it is like kind of summing up like the choices and some of the experiences of the game thus far. It's 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 almost like the mid-season review episode, except it's in the last section of the game. It's in this last episode of the game. It, it felt like... Well, here, let me let me summarize it by this. Like I mentioned before, uh, this game does a lot of the same things as the Telltale games, where at the end of each episode, it'll show you the major decisions that you made and how they compare with everybody and then also just your friends. All of the other chapters, um, there's five, six, four, five, six, you know, major uh, major decisions that it shows you these choices are. Um, literally, at the end of the of the last chapter, the only decision that apparently matters enough to make it into the screen is literally the very last decision that you make in the game, because apparently none of it mattered. And I would agree with that, because really, there was no decisions to be made leading up to it. It was just you going through these weird hallucinating dream sequences for some reason. Um... It just it's just sort of broke the pace of the entire rest of the game for me. I I, I kind of felt like it was a I don't I don't want to say like a ch- cheap way to end the game, but it, it kind of was to me. Um, nonetheless, overall, uh, absolutely worth playing. If you happen to pick it up on sale uh, and it's sitting in your library like it was for me for many months, or if you happen to see it come up on sale again. As a matter of fact, they made the first episode free. Um, and so, so if you haven't touched this at all, definitely go download and play through the first episode. And if you're interested, pick it up or uh, wait for it to go on sale and pick it up or whatever. Because I'm sure, I'm sure it'll go on sale again. Because it's that sort of just the the the, the rotation that's fallen into. Uh, absolutely worth playing. Um, um, uh, so in our typical review format, I would say that if you're if you've if you've ever enjoyed any of the Telltale style games, and if you like a good if you like a good narrative, if you like a little bit of mystery, and um, if you enjoy more story than game in your game, um, I would say that this is absolutely worth checking out, especially for free for the first episode. Um, 
but uh, if if you if you've ever tried a Telltale game uh, and it's just not for you, like if it's too slow paced or it's not action enough or whatever, um, this is no different than than that in those respects. So not not for you if if uh, if if that's where you fall on your gaming spectrum. But so that that's my quick roundup of uh, Life is Strange. Um, definitely left it open, suggesting that there would be a second season. I don't recall seeing mention of one um, anywhere in the time since the game's coming out. Um, But I do hope that they continue the story. Um, um, Especially with the, um, you know, with, you know, even though I'm complaining a little bit about that only that last decision in the game matters, it was kind of a gigantic monumental decision. I've heard that from a few people, that 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 last chunk there is pretty, like, it makes you think about what what you're going to do there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Charlie, would you say like they did four episodes with the standard writers, and then for some unknown reason they just hired Quentin Tarantino to write the last episode? <laughs> um, I don't. Uh, uh, I, I, is, it I, like, is it is it is it like that abrupt where you're like, what <laughs> the hell? Who's the new dude behind the pen? <laughs> it well, I mean, it wasn't so much that. It wasn't so much that the tone of the story and that the, the 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 story that they were trying to tell changed. I mean, it got really dark. Like the story, like so. First of all, the game is a heck of a lot darker than I ever expected it to be. It just it, just an overall tone. I mean, just like in, in seriousness of subject matter, it's a lot darker than I ever thought it was going yeah. to be. Um, it's just it's just the way that they that they. I, I guess the way that they decided that they wanted to. Communicate with the player just the mental struggle that that this character is going through to kind of prepare you for this big final choice. I mean, I guess that's what they were setting me up for. It's just is is weird, and I felt like it was out of place. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, they they you know they they switched development teams for the last chapter or something like that. But it was just okay. uh, it was just it was just an odd choice to me. Um, but not, does not detract at all from my suggestion to play the game as as I mentioned. Um, just just be prepared that, for a wild ride on episode five. Got it. <laughs> that yes, absolutely that. Um, aside from that, um, I had it had slipped my mind um, until earlier this week that I um, when at some point uh, I had picked up the season pass for Assassin's Creed Black Flag, probably when it was on sale for like five bucks or something like that, and um, so I jumped in to play a Freedom Cry, uh, the uh, the downloadable episode for Black Flag, because I figured Which well I have not played yet actually. Oh really? That actually no, surprises me. No, I actually. Um, um, so I figured, because as long as uh, I figured, as long as the game is relatively fresh in my mind in terms of control and everything, I might as well just use that and play it right now, just so I can really yeah, put it behind me. Um, fresh on the palette and get done with all of it. Which kind of doesn't matter because, oh my God, it is so different than the rest <laughs> of Black Flag. I mean, like it, it, obviously it's in the same world, and um, it uh, it centers around um. Adewale. Uh, Adewale, um, who is uh, your first mate for the majority of the game on the ship there. And um, and uh, uh, just to give a synopsis of the plot, basically uh, the game starts with him basically getting shipwrecked on an island where um, uh, and uh, encounters basically a group of slavers and, and slaves. And... Um, uh, in order to get off the island, he strikes up a bargain with the local with a local resistance group to um, help them out, and then they'll help him get back off the island and back to the assassins. And so, um, with with quite a bit of the game mechanics, I mean, like obviously it's your your classic typical Assassin's Creed control scheme, but um, with like the goals and everything, what you have to do, like as far as like freeing slaves in order to like recruit people to like. 
um, you know, to you, you know, if you there, there are missions that you have to go on, and so like you have to have like twenty resistance fighters to like to be able to do this mission. So you have to go free slaves and hope that some of them join up with your cause. So that you have just to get this number up there, so you can do this mission. It's just it, it's very different in a good way. Um, so I'm I'm enjoying that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that it is it's really its own thing. Like it's not just some more levels thrown here and there just in the existing Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag world. Like it has its own map, it has its like own everything. Like it's so it's completely a, a self encompassing. So would you liken it to the the Batgirl DLC for Arkham Knight where it was this own map, own little tight like maybe not the longest thing in the world, but it was a separate little mini game on its own. Um, in as much as that, um, yes. However, uh, not in terms of content. I feel like this is going to take me a few days to get through. This is not some little thing by any means. There's quite. It seems like there's there's quite a bit to do here. Um, so uh, so yeah, a plus for that. Um, but uh, yeah, I believe I believe that was it for me this week. Just those two. Um, so John, then we uh, pass it over to you. Um, I played a bunch of shit this week, man. Um, I. I kind of went backwards this week in terms of, like, Mary said I was just going to focus on one or two things, but I had an opportunity to play some things, so I, I dove into a few different things. I played a small amount of Elite Dangerous because I'm still wanting to scratch the No Man's Sky itch where I can't, I don't have a PlayStation 4, and I don't have a good enough GPU on my PC right now to run um, the game, so it uh, doesn't matter. Uh, so I was playing Elite Dangerous to kind of fill the void a little bit. Didn't do a very good job. I like the game a lot, but goddamn, it's so long and so hard to do anything. You can't... It's a minimum hour-long commitment to play this game if you want to get something productive done. Um, I played a tiny, bit of, uh, a tiny amount of Star Wars Old Republic, just because sometimes I like to scratch the old MMO itch. Uh, more of the long, dark. My second character is, has now been alive for 16 days and change. I have almost starved to death or frozen to death on several occasions. Uh, <laughs> suffered from hypothermia at one point, which was very... That almost killed me by itself. Um, fun. This is a, really, a really fun game. I just really like it. And then um, I played a shitload of Grand Theft Auto V on my PC, because I have it on my PC as well. Um, get this. Think about that. I can't run No Man's Sky on my PC, but I run Grand Theft Auto V really well. The lesson here is is that if you have a thousand man team, you can you can scale something to like a zillion different rigs as opposed to having a tiny team that has to like <laughs> play test all that shit. But I played it with uh, I played it with Carlton uh, and uh, a buddy of ours, uh, more more Carlton's buddy uh, John. Uh, we played that online a lot this week. Oh my! You yeah. three and Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, John That's... is John Arnold. <laughs> Oh um, yeah. my goodness! That's yeah. like a suicide squad waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was the uh, first. I, I the first time I played with John was yesterday, actually, and uh, I was like, get in the car. He just started a level one character. He's like, I don't even have any guns, man. So he picked up a gun, but he had like no ammo for it. I was like, all right, we'll get him. We'll go to the, the gun store. So I took him to the gun store. Got out of the car immediately. Started shooting pedestrians. Cops showed up. I was like, well, <laughs> we should buy more guns and possibly some ammo before that happens. Uh, we did a bunch of races and shit, and you know, I mean, it's, I'm having a lot of fun. It makes me miss playing it with you guys. By the way, the Gamerhead Radio, um, you know, sort of group, the 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 guild or clan or whatever you want to call it, has now grown by two because they have both joined the Gamerhead Radio ranks. <laughs> um, so it just it made me miss playing it with you guys. But uh, man, how much fun it would be if we could get everybody on at the same time. So I, I played forgot, a, I, a lot of that. This clan week. thing was even a thing. Yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah, true. we have a gang. Charlie, you're a gang we member. We have a gang. That's right. That's right. 
Well, we already do that. I mean, Pony's life. <laughs> oh God, Jesus Christ, Charlie! <laughs> yeah, you're really gonna regret that 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 sternum tattoo later in life. That... Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Don't give him any ideas, Goat. Um, but yeah, so I played a shitload of that and had a really good time playing that. I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed it. Um, just rub it in our face, John. You have better friends. I get it. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I just, you know, they're on. They're on. And you, you guys are busy gents right now. For once, I don't have much going on except for school and my son. So, um, you know, it's crazy. Um, what else did I play? Oh, I, I did play this weekend as the second week in a row of the Titanfall 2 tech test uh, sort of beta. They did put some new maps and stuff like that in there to play with. I still feel the same way I did about it last week, which was can't talk about it on the show. Um, <laughs> so amazing! I, I, I have that same feeling. I have a lot of thoughts about it. I have a lot of thoughts about it. I'll tell you this: I yeah. I do I am enjoying it. I'm just not sure I'm enjoying it enough to pay sixty dollars for it, which is ironic because this time it actually has a story-based campaign. Um, we'll see. Not time's gonna tell on that. Um, I did play some Beyond uh, Beyond Good and Evil HD since it was you know Games of Gold earlier this month. Um, went back and played because I started well, that game. I just never finished it back in the day. I have two copies. Yeah, of I'm it. surprised Charlie's ears didn't perk up. That's like one of his like uh, his highlights in life. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I, I, it just makes me happy. Yeah, I, I I own it for both PlayStation Two and the original Xbox. I started it on PlayStation Two. I don't. I just never finished it. I got like three hours into it, and I had to stop. And I was actually moving at the time. I had to pack up and move, and I just never, after the move, I got busy with other stuff. Um, so that was fun to play. Um, a little more Final Fantasy HD, uh, Type Zero HD. That was fun. Um, same, it, big Final Fantasy mess, man. I don't know. It's a mess. <laughs> it's fun, but it's a mess. Uh, and I think that was, I think that was everything I had time for. I did pick up a copy today on clearance of that game, Evolve. Um, the one where you're, it's a four-player, multiplayer game where you drop in and, and then one person is a monster and then the other four players are, you know, trying to hunt the monster and kill it and there's different types of monster, boss-type monster things you can pick and each of the four characters is a different kind of class that has different types of ways that it can help fight the monsters. I paid eight, I paid $9 for it, brand new, still in the shrink wrap. So hmm. that's From what I hear, you pay too much. Maybe we'll see. Well, I'll tell you what I think next week. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna be playing. You'd be the one to test that out too. I would be too, but yeah. you know, price is right for nine bucks. You know, I'll like, take it. Like mm-hmm. the the concept of that game, like like the the description on paper, like it seems like it would have been like a, like a, a surefire hit. So the fact yeah. that it wasn't makes it. I'm very curious to know. Well, frankly, what they screwed up because microtransactions. Oh well, mm-hmm. yeah. There was a big, there was a big. I, we actually talked about it when it came out. There was kind of a to do about the way they handled some of the shit in the game, like stuff they were selling and the yeah, they, kind of overpriced. Yeah, I remember it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DLC being a mess, and I think they yeah. fixed it later. And there's some word that it's going to go free to play at some point in its lifetime. But I think that may just mm-hmm. be on PC. I don't know if they're going to do it on consoles. We'll see. Yeah, um, but yeah, that that's everything I had time to play this week. I'm going to make that a recommendation a before we go to news, though. Strange list. It was a strange list. (laughs) You were all over the damn place. Yeah, I really was. I I have these bouts. I'm sure gamers get this all the time where I get, like, gamers exhaustion where, like, I know I want to play. I just don't know what I want to play. So I play, like, five different things, and I go, nah, 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 nah. We've been doing that for a while. Oh, I hate that. It actually gives me, like, a weird anxiety after I play, like, my first game. I'll go through, like, yeah. Well, then I'll find myself in the store going through new games going... Well, what is this? Should I buy a new game? Because I'm really not interested in this ones I have. 
And then they go down that rabbit hole, and it, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not good for anybody. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Okay. Um, right. So before we move on, just want to remind people, if you are watching live, please join us in the chat room. We are keeping an eye on that. And yeah, you can we need all the help we can get. Us. <laughs> and uh, babble along with us as the show is going on. And if you are listening yes. to this after the fact, just remember, every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central, typically, give or take a little bit, uh, usually give. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, you can join us in the chat room and, uh, you know, do the show along with us. So, yeah, just, uh, just uh, kind of keep that in the back of your minds as we're yeah. going on here. Yeah, if, if, you hate, if you have something you want to scream about on the, uh, Tuesday, come back Sunday. You can do it live, and we'll, we'll field it as it happens. <laughs> it's true. Well, now that you know what we did in video gaming this week, let's see what the industry did in video gaming. So, um... You know, 2016 has been a big year for virtual reality. Uh, we've talked about it a lot in the no last way. year. Yeah, you don't yeah. say, John. Yes, you cheer for, for, for VR, huh? I mean, I wow. I, who knew? Pivotal, goats, been pivotal. <laughs> uh, well, with the with the advent of VR, and now that it's becoming a more common thing, uh, and, and a more accepted thing, the next chunk of making VR a success is making the experience more immersive for people. And with that, um, you know, starting out at number five this week, a company um, called Dexta Robotics has created a peripheral for virtual reality gaming called the Dexmo Exoskeleton, which is a, um, a device that allows you to feel things in virtual reality with your hands. So like when you touch something, there's a sensation of actually being able to grab it. So if you're turning a doorknob or you know what I mean? Um, you can feel shape <laughs> yes. size. Now this is goat this is this cop this particular portion of copy is for goat particularly. According to Dexta itself, quote, Dexmo is a mechanical exoskeleton for your hands. It captures the full range of your hand motion and provides instant force feedback. With Dexmo, you can feel the size, shape, and stiffness of virtual objects. You can touch the digital world. That's for you, Goat. It's it's like wow. you wrote it. Wow. Um I'm going to screen share really quick so you guys can see what this thing looks like. This apparatus goes over your hands and has a section that lands on your fingertips. So what it does is it's essentially like a force feedback, uh, like a a force feedback uh, device that you wear on your hands that uh, that just pushes on your hands in certain ways. So this is the this is the device. So you know if you're Grabbing or touching or doing oh, you know, it'll provide feedback. Your Wolverine—that's gonna be hell on your penis. I just—I could foresee this being the sort of thing where it just, you know, it goes haywire and you know breaks fingers by pushing it too hard. On, you know. So, so, so yeah. for for the audio listeners, try and imagine if you could um, the 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 glossy white robots from Will Smith's iRobot movie a couple of years ago. Try and imagine one of those hands just bigger so it fits over your hand. Yes. Yes, exactly. And the way that it looks is it's kind of got like a crab leg kind of a look to it. I mean, it looks as though the top parts just push down on your fingers to provide feedback on what you might be touching. So I would be really, really fascinated to try one of these and see, 
you know, to see how it works. So um, they're saying that several options either are on the market or coming to it soon aim to tackle hand interactions with VR. Popular HTC Vive headset, for example, ships with a pair of controllers that enable the tracking system to see your hands and use them to engage with items in a given experience. Later this year, Oculus will begin shipping its own similar hand controller option known as Oculus Touch. And in October, Sony will begin selling the PlayStation VR, which comes with two PlayStation Move controllers for hand control. Leap Motion goes a step further using a sensor to track finger and hand movements without any sort of apparatus, which I'm very interested in, in trying those out, actually. Um, Dexta completed more than 20 prototypes before finalizing this version of the Dexmo system, which they're saying still may not be the final uh, version of this unit. According to the company, Dexmo can, quote, simulate the clicky sensation of a button or trigger. It can simulate the shape of a knob and allow you to grasp and turn. While it is innovative, uh, Dexmo is a new product. It began with a Kickstarter back in 2014 that raised over 55000 but ultimately the project was canceled with the Chinese robotics company saying it planned to, quote, reboot it at a better time. Um, you know, so this was something that was in development before it really had a... A, a portion of the industry to attach itself to, no pun intended. Um, but it sounds like maybe now it will be able to gain some traction. Do, would you guys have any interest in, in owning a device like this to enhance your virtual reality experiences, or no? I mean, if if I was going to go all in on virtual reality, this I feel like something like this would make the experience, could, could make the experience more immersive. Um, but I mean, like... Can I'm grasp you? <laughs> yes, it's a, it's holding my interest. Um, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, but I mean, like when I say all in, I mean like that little dome that you like can like walk around in place in, like you know, like if oh yeah, the hamster ball. The, well, no, not that. <laughs> the um, like the little like. Are you talking uh, about the the dishy one where he has the balls and you can walk in like you're yes. saying like a half dish? Yes. Okay. That. Um. Um. Uh, you know, if, so if, if I feel like an accessory like this, uh, John, I'm, you did not mention a price for this, right? Or did I miss that? No, because it's it's an, in prototype stage right now, but it is something that does exist, and apparently it's... The way they describe it, um, you know, in a couple of different places that I looked it up, it does provide a fairly, um, a fairly genuine sense of tactile um, feedback. It's just, uh, you know, they don't have a price for it yet because it's not done. Um, okay. Well, so. that and Pornhub hasn't endorsed it yet. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah no, well, get them um, on board and it'll be just fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, like, I, I feel like, depending on price, I mean, like, is, is, something like this seems like it's for the person who is going to spare no expense on making their virtual reality experience as realistic as possible. Everybody else need not apply, is, sure, is my sure. take. Yeah. It's it's yeah, for the guy yeah. who has the VR room as his man cave, where it's like literally his rig in the center of a room, and it looks, yeah, I get it. Or unless they end up making a uh, you know Ready Player One companion game, and or your name is Wade Watts, need not apply. Um, moving on to number four for the week, um, Blizzard announced that they're going to start allowing people to just stream directly in the Americas, including South Asia. Uh, Australia, New Zealand, and the Americas is what it says here. Uh, it allows people using Blizzard's Battle.net client to easily stream game gameplay directly to Facebook. So you can just and it's live, live now. Yeah, you can just literally throw whatever you're playing for Blizzard's games mm -hmm. right there. So like if I'm playing Overwatch, I can start a stream for it that just throws it up onto my Facebook page if I link it to my Facebook account, and um, 
there's no fuss, no muss. There's nothing else you have to do. You don't have to run third-party apps or, you know, it, it's, it's very simple. So uh, the way that they talk about it is um, it allows people using Battle.net clients to easily stream gameplay to Facebook. It's compatible with Blizzard hits like Overwatch, World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, Heroes of War, uh, Hearthstone, Heroes of Warcraft, uh, Diablo 3, and StarCraft 2. Blizzard noted in a press Ooh. release that global access is coming soon, uh, saying Blizzard streaming is accessible in the top right corner of the Blizzard client. Blizzard's, uh, Blizzard noted in the press release, once you've updated your Blizzard client on PC, simply click the stream button, use Facebook login to allow permissions for Blizzard to post to Facebook, and you can stream your gameplay. Max support for Blizzard streaming is coming soon. Um, you know... It doesn't say anything on here about console support, so I don't think that that's a thing, sadly. Um, but for somebody like me who plays World of Warcraft, it would be fun to be able to throw that up and let our our uh, viewers and listeners uh, watch me bumble my way through um, World of Warcraft wearing really crappy armor, you know, that makes me look like I'm just wearing footy pajamas in contrast to the awesome armor that everybody else in that game has. Um, now, help me understand something. Why... Mm -hmm. Why would a gamer want to use this instead of Twitch? Well, as far as... Well, because the thing is is that with Twitch, you still have to post up a, a link, and then there's a... you know, Think about it. When you're scrolling down Facebook, right, and you see a video, you just hit play, or somebody's like live broadcasting on Facebook. Think about the average person using Facebook. It, they don't, it doesn't remove them from Facebook at all. They can just okay, watch so it. So, yeah. so you're, you're, this is, and what you're saying is actually kind of my point with this. Now, maybe I'm a detractor here, but mm -hmm. like, I don't, I, I would, I, I definitely would not assume. In fact, I would know for a fact mm -hmm. that not everybody that's on my Facebook would want to watch me play World of Warcraft, sure, or or yeah. any game for that matter. Twitch is a gaming centric community. I mean, mm -hmm. like. If you if you're broadcasting something to Twitch, you know that you're that's that's your target audience. Like that's that, those are the people who you want to be watching. Sure. Like it it just seems odd to me that they would take time to incorporate Facebook streaming into this. I actually saw um um uh, uh somebody I forget who it was, but I saw I saw I was scrolling down my feed and I saw um just earlier today somebody was streaming their WoW game on Facebook. And I was just like, well, but but why? Like, wh why why is that here? Like, why are you here and not on 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 Twitch? Or I don't no, know, to me, I, to me, it just it just seems odd. I mean, like, I, I know Facebook is like juggernaut, you know? but I don't know. But some I don't people know. have a hard time building um, building followers on Twitch at this point. It's so saturated with people, um, specifically for gaming. I think it maybe it would be hard to get in. Um, like now, if I if if I had to start a Twitch channel right now from scratch, zero subscribers zero people watching and try to build it into something substantial, I would feel intimidated by that because there's so many people on there now and everybody's fighting for real estate. YouTube I, I, or Facebook, I think the the reason it may work is because, like for myself, I have a lot of people on there that are, most of the people who are on my personal Facebook page are people who follow my band, right? And then a portion of them are Gamerhead Radio viewers and listeners and, and then friends and family, like close friends and family. Um... My brother and I sometimes will post shit band-related on there that we'll get people in there tuning in on Facebook's live streaming that I know don't give a fuck about our band and just interact with us. I think sometimes people just click on shit on Facebook because they're there and they're doing the zombie scroll where they're just, like, <laughs> drooling on their phone. I think it's... 
I don't think there's anything bad with it. I think it just depends on what you're shooting for. If you're trying to blow up big numbers, yeah, go to Twitch. If you're just looking to maybe have some friends bullshit with you about what you're playing, I would say do the Facebook stream. Either way, for Blizzard, I think it's nice for them to give people an option or an alternative. It's one more reason to go, hey, man, Blizzard's doing nice shit for us, even if some people don't find it to be useful. I mean, like, I don't think there's anything bad or wrong about it either. I just think it's odd. Like, yeah, yeah. why would anybody use it? I mean, says, yeah, says the man who champions. Point. Says the man who champions Google Plus. <laughs> I, I don't champion it to be clear. I mean, I, I think it. I think it was a better social network. Than <laughs> no, we've moved to was. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, wow. I mean, well, well, I mean, like it. It would. It was when it came out, but they've clearly. They're clearly abandoning it. So I mean, like, yeah. I, yeah. I recognize that. Um, but uh, I mean, just in terms of organization, I mean, like you know, go for somebody who's as privacy-minded as you are about people seeing the right posts. Google Plus should have been your heaven, but you know, mm. um, you know, the uh, it. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, ninety-nine percent of the music world that I cared to see those posts didn't use Google Plus. Well, and that's that's the problem. It's just you know <laughs> they uh, they they couldn't get people to go over there. But this is a whole other conversation. Um, yeah. I I mean, I just, I mean, I just like if I'm playing a game and I want people to interact with me in my game, I wouldn't. I, I just I'm just trying to put myself I'm just trying to be in that mindset. You guys are missing the point. Personally, you're, you're you're coming at this at the wrong angle, boys. Okay, okay. You are. What is the right angle? Uh, the right angle is you've got 500 friends on Facebook, right? They're whipping okay. through their feed and they're like, oh, here's that wow thing that Charlie keeps talking about. What's it all about? I'll watch it here. Wow, that's really cool. I'll go buy a copy. Well, I don't even know if it's that. I, I think that there's... It's a, always that, John. There's a captive audience to Facebook because Twitch, if you don't have push notifications turned on for people to show people that are subscribed, there are specific channels you want to see. Most people aren't just kind of like always logged into Twitch either. Yeah. Um, you know, not all the time. Facebook... I think, I think they're farming that. for new users. But for me personally, I can tell you this. While I understand and respect that Twitch is the dominant juggernaut that it is, I actually don't like Twitch's interface. I don't like its chat setup. I don't like... There's a lot of things I don't like about Twitch, actually. Um, so I'm glad to see an alternative. I'll, I'll leave it at that for myself. Okay. You know, Even if I don't know how it fits into that scheme very well, like Charlie said, why would you? Instead of going to Twitch, I can, I can agree with you on that. But uh, good well, you don't check your Twitch while you're pooping. No, you don't. That's true. No, you're some only scrolling through might. your Facebook. Some people might. I don't know. To think we're living in an Man. age where somebody can watch me play World of Warcraft while they're pooping. <laughs> I don't know if I want to live in this world anymore. Here's the thing. I hope <laughs> if this is something that takes off. I mean, like where YouTube has its has like YouTube gaming, like they kind of took gaming and like yeah. put it in like its own little like you know mm -hmm. apartment complex next to the main YouTube. I hope if, if this takes off on Facebook, I hope they do that. Because what I don't want, as much of a gaming or a gamer as I am, I don't want to be... I've got a lot of friends that play games. I don't want to be scrolling through my Facebook actually trying to be interested in my friends' lives and just see stream after stream of people sure. playing video games. Sure. That's just that's not what I want when I'm scrolling through Facebook. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, yeah, they should just section it. I mean, they already have all the game invites sectioned off. Just dump it into that till... Yeah, yeah, just, just, yeah, just put it off on the side. Games are games. That would be yeah. my, that would be my request. But yeah. So, anyways. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, we'll go ahead and move on to number three for the week. Tomb Raider is getting a new director, and that director has a pedigree. So, uh, Ian Milham is leaving Visceral Games for Crystal Dynamics. 
Tomb Raider franchise again has a director about eight months after its previous one left. Um, Ian Milham, a veteran of Visceral Games, joins Crystal Dynamics to lead the adventure series. Previously, Milham had been creative director for Battlefield Hardline, which launched back in uh, 2015, early 2015. Milham had also been art director for Visceral's Dead Space series, which, you know, the, the art for Dead Space stands out for sure. So far, so good. Keep going. Mm -hmm. What we got? Crystal Dynamics launched Rise of the Tomb Raider in November, and in January, its director Brian Horton left for Infinity Ward, the Activision studio that makes Call of Duty. No sequel to Rise of the Tomb Raider has been announced yet, but on October 11th, Rise of the Tomb Raider 20-year celebration launches on PlayStation 4, Windows, PC, and Xbox One, which includes the game and all that's previously released DLC, plus a new story chapter and other in-game content. Uh, Milham's title with Crystal Dynamics is Game Director, and uh, he does say, Adventure games have always been my first love. Um, I've admired Crystal Dynamics' work for a while now as they continue to develop top-notch narrative and spectacle coupled with deep systems and, and player choice. Um, that's a good thing, man. I, he sounds like he might be a good fit for that job. Yeah, I think you, you know? got the right captain on the ship there. Yeah, how do you feel about that, Charlie? Um, I, yeah, I mean, you know, where he's coming from, I think, is a good place. And so, yeah. um, you know, it, it sounds like he, well, it seems like he knows what he's doing. I'm, um, I'm a little nervous just because I like what the old director directors were doing. I mean, like, I, I definitely like, um, you know, what. Uh, but Charlie. Yes. You could have Laura Croft arresting aliens now. Yeah, I don't actually want that. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that either. Um, you know, not not really much to speak of as a news story. Just good news for everybody who likes uh, yeah, yeah. You know, Tomb Raider. He heads so. up that that void has been filled and. It, it the the ship is continuing on. That is correct. So we'll go ahead and move on to number two for the week. Keep that one short and sweet. Um, Reggie Fisame from Nintendo did do a an interview with a list. Um, the topic of discussion was obviously the NX, and um, you know what we're gonna know when we're gonna hear what's coming and and when everything's gonna be released. Um, he had a couple of interesting things to say about the impending release of the NX. Um, he acknowledged primarily, quote, we have to do better for the NX launch, which uh, could be promising for Nintendo fans who feel like maybe uh, maybe the Wii U was not handled as well as they would have liked. Um, Reggie was quoted yep. as saying, every time we launch a new platform, every time we launch a critical new game, we always learn. We always do our breakdown of what worked, what didn't, and certainly we've done that with the Wii U, and we continue to believe the innovation of the second screen was a worthwhile concept. One of the things that we have to do better when we launch the NX is we have to do a better job communicating the positioning for the product, he explained. We have to do a better job helping people to understand its uniqueness and what that means for the video game playing experience. Um, he also talked about the NX from a software standpoint, um, you know, saying that, uh, you know, where some people might have felt that the Wii U faltered early in its lifespan, um, you know, Nintendo's not really going to be counting, they're saying, as heavily on third-party software to fill in the gaps, um, you know, or, or haven't been able to, I guess, rather. Um, he did say, we also have to do a better job from a software planning standpoint to have that continuous beat of great new games that are motivating more and more people to pick up the hardware and more and more people to pick up the software. Those are critical lessons. As I verbalize them, they're really traditional lessons within the industry. You have to make sure people understand the concept. You have to make sure you've got a great library of games, and when you do that, you tend to do well. 
which you're right when he puts it that way and simplifies it that sounds like a no-brainer you know like oh just make Why a do I need game this? system and put yeah. out great games you know much easier well, said than done for sure it's more of the this is why you need it and these are the reasons you need it yeah 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 so um it, it's nice to hear that Nintendo I mean you never I don't I like to think that these companies at least hear the things that people say about their consoles and the games, um, particularly the first-party games. But I like to think Nintendo's been... Shit, they've made a career out of out of being the underdog and surviving the unsurvivable. Um, so I, I would like to think that they know that the Wii U did not do what they wanted it to do, and that... Oh, they know. Well, like, everybody, you, I, everybody I talk to that owns this, that system universally loves the damn thing. They just, you know, I think everybody admits that it was kind of a... It ghosted itself. Like, there was no... It didn't do very well. Well, everybody loves it, and, and the 15 games that were worth it put out on it in yeah, that. five years. But that's, but that's <laughs> been Nintendo's M.O. since, like, the N64. Since, like, the GameCube. No, I think it was worse, worse this time around with the Wii U. I feel like the... I feel like there were more... Like the, the the number of titles that were really worth playing on the Wii U, I feel like was half quantity wise of the of their previous consoles, and I think one of the biggest reasons is that's that second screen. Um, it's you know people set the bar, set set their own in. Now this harkens back to our conversation last week, but people set their expectations so high with what you'd be able to do with that second screen, and very few games did that. And yeah. when you when you, you have when you have even first-party Nintendo titles, just turn the damn thing off. I mean, like, <laughs> it's, you know, it's... Yeah, doggy guns. <laughs> thank you. Um, you know, it, it, it's just, I, I think I think the, the communities, uh, my impression, uh, and I don't mean to speak for anybody else, but my impression of the communities, like, like, like the happiness level with the Wii U is like you know you're gonna be able to do all this oh no you can't oh yeah. and like it just never recovered you know yeah. and you know especially with anything anything that's available cross platform I mean like this is this is this is this is the problem Nintendo's always had is just they can't convince people to you know to put the same amount of care into their into their hardware as they do you know. Uh, you know, for for making Batman Arkham Asylum playable on the Wii U versus other games, just because it's it's so radically different than the rest, both in terms of the hardware and in terms of, you know, the 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 changes they have to make the, for the control schemes. I mean, sure, that enabled that Batman game to do some interesting things with that screen, but it wasn't like at that point, especially because I think it came out like you know considerably after it was out on every other platforms, like. They they lost their audience, you know. Like they had already played it on everything else, and so I don't know. I just I have such a hard time. I I I don't know what Nintendo could possibly do to to just regain just the overall confidence in the gaming community of like that that you know more than what they have now. I mean, like the people who are buying and playing like the Wii U now, in my opinion, are just like the people who are and will always be hardcore Nintendo fans. They're going to buy the NX, whatever the hell it is. It's and, the first mm -hmm. Nintendo system that I have not purchased and do not own in my lifetime. Now, why is that? What is your main reason for that? Because, um, you know, and this this was, you know, for my son, before I was married even, I intend to get one. I will get one at some point. I mean, obviously, after its lifespan, its life cycle. Um... Because for me, 
I have an Xbox One, uh, which, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, I think I mentioned it the very first time I was on the show as a guest. My wife bought it for me, like, fuck, man, like three months into our relationship for my birthday on launch day. So, I mean, like, I wasn't sure which system I was going to get at that point, and she bought it for me. And then I had aimed to get a PlayStation 4 next because there were a lot of things like Uncharted and No Man's Sky coming, and it's just been one of these things where if I have to pick between three consoles, I always get all three of them over time. I just wasn't able to this time. I just had other, like, grown-up-ass things like paying for school and shit that took precedence over it. So, um... I, the irony of it being, I think it's a much better piece of hardware than the Wii, the Wii was, for sure, and may have had a deficit of quality uh, software, but what was on there, I felt like, was lovingly crafted. Um, but that's this is probably a discussion for uh, another time. But, yeah, I you know, eventually I'll get it. But it's nice to hear that they're acknowledging these things and that they're trying to put a better foot forward. I think it's, a lot of it's going to depend on what the fuck they do with this detachable touchscreen controller stuff, man? Like, they're 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 see, they're sailing into weird waters, man. And uh, yeah. we'll see. I don't know if they can survive. They're it sailing. Where were you I, for the I, Wii? We are fucking 19 miles from land in these weird waters, <laughs> oh, man. But I I the, the point is is I don't know if as a console manufacturer, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep doing this the way that they're doing it and taking risks that are so far out that it. It ends up sinking their battleship, man. Yeah, I don't want I that the, at all. I love Nintendo. God, I, love I think Nintendo. the the weirdest thing they could possibly do that would save them, and we're way off base here, but would be to stop making consoles and just continue being the only people who make a, a viable portable system. Yeah, look at how the 3DS how it, is just awesome. Yeah, look how excited people got when they they announced that little retro Nintendo, man. Just simplify. They're overthinking shit. You know, simplify. Mm-hmm. You make amazing, finished, simple, great games. Just keep doing that, but, like, more of that. More quality. More good games. Make some new IPs. Mm-hmm. You know Go back I mean? to 1989. Get back on that cycle. Bring all those yeah. IP back. <laughs> Something like that. Something. New Metroid. New Battletoads. Come on, people. Let's go. Mm-hmm. New RC Pro-Am. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah. So just drop the gimmicks. Is that? Uh, yeah, is, I mean, is that, I don't, is that our gimmicks, message to Nintendo? Mm-hmm. Cut the crap. Don't put gimmicks in unless you know that people won't think of them as gimmicks later. People will just go, "That's innovative and amazing." You know, um, stop, stop taking, stop forcing developers to build games around a gimmick because it it ties their hands. It limits their ability it, to. The, the Wii was a lottery win. Take it and walk away. Don't try to recreate it. Uh, anyways, though, let's go ahead and move on to number one for the week and keep this train moving forward. Uh, it's been a little while. I had to reference the dick train. <laughs> one of these days, that thing is going to come roaring out, busting in through the wall like the Kool-Aid, man. It's been a while since it's made a grand entrance. Uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. We just got some CGI now. That's true. We don't have a budget for that, Goat. It's going to be like no. really, really bad stop-motion claymation. That's what it'll be. Um, Clay, who the hell's got that kind of money? Cardboard. There you go. It's true. Flipbook, like fucking like this flipbook. Um, number one this week. Uh, this is a topic that particularly incensed Goat and burned his goat ass. Um, no Man's Sky is now uh, refundable. Um, no matter how many hours that you have put into the game, no matter how much of it you've played, if you've played 100 hours in No Man's Sky in the last couple of weeks since its release, you are free to request and get 
uh, a refund for it. So uh, the uh, Game Revolution are the ones that are originally reporting that Steam has very quietly started accepting refunds for PC users regardless of play hours. Following that, even Sony and Amazon US are issuing refunds. So to be to be clear, like if you bought a physical copy of the game, I'm pretty sure you're fucking stuck with it. Um, you know, but uh, I. I I've got thoughts on this, man. And I know Goat's got thoughts on this. I'm sure Charlie's got thoughts on this. Gentlemen, what do you think about this shit? Goat, I'll let you go first. Well, the world's... I mean, the world's just fucked right now. I mean, it's over. <laughs> I mean, this is... The this, world, quote-unquote, is oh fucked. Because, uh, because, yes. because you can get a refund on a video game. Okay, not, not terrorism. <laughs> not world no. hunger. Nope, nope. Hashtag gamer lies no matter. But, um, That's right. For, for, oh, Jesus Christ. Can we, can we make uh, that a no uh, uh, No, God. God no. Uh, oh, I think we can. Gamer, Gamerhead Radio does not, uh, you know, it goes, goes no, up in the internet. I'm a minor over here. Those of no, all of no. Gamerhead Radio. Monthly Yes, Charlie, Charlie, and John are more. Um, uh, closed and, and and refined gentleman than me. I'm the guy who's peeing on your lawn, going, "How do you like it?" Um, so no, it's this this precedent <laughs> is just gonna fuck everything up. It's gonna it's gonna completely fuck everything up because now any jackbag who's gonna be, be like, "Oh, I don't like this game," <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, "I don't like this game. I'm gonna take it. Right? I want my digital copy back." And now other people are gonna be like, "Well, no way inside did it." Hopefully, fucking own in up that to voice. It. Like, <laughs> yes, I hope they do it in that voice. It, it just it no. <laughs> this 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 whiny snivelly bullshit needs to stop. People need to make good games. People need to stop hyping them on the internet. People need to f- fucking read and stop whatever they're doing. Listening to their buddies at the water fountain or water cooler if they have a job. Like just <laughs> own up that you make mistakes in life and make bad purchases. Don't make other people like lose their business over it. <laughs> we found goats kryptonite. What? This, this idiot. You're very like go go. You always have you always have very like stern things to say about the things that you believe in. But I have not seen you this excited in a while. Yeah, like this is just it. It's ah, oh, it's just it's infuriating. Like because now, you know, it's it's either gonna go one of two ways. One, and it's not gonna go this way. But here's hoping, positive attitude, right, Charlie? Here we go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, no, this will this will be good. Yeah, well, whatever. That <laughs> remains to be seen. Go. Let's not get crazy now. Um, no, but like the, the positive side of this would be, you know, game developers are like, oh shit, we can't do this. We're gonna lose our ass because they're gonna take refunds, and we should probably put out good games and no day one patches, and you know, like fucking put something out that's worth buying, so we don't have to like. You, you work around. Oh shit! Half of our profits have been refunded, <laughs> which is probably not going to happen. The other half of it is now everybody's going to be able to do what they do at Walmart and everywhere else—the receipts—and be like, "Oh, I, you know, I, I need a suit for this funeral. I went and bought a suit, took it back the next day, never took the tags off of it. Oh, hey, I played this game for four hundred hours. Eh, it's not really doing it for me. Here you go. Here's your refund. It's just. So I, I have I have a question. This is this is pertinent to to go what you're saying right now, John. Mm-hmm. Now this this might not be something that that's been considered, um, but um, I'm just pointing out it's entirely possible uh, that e- even though Steam and Amazon and whoever else are offering refunds, that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that that money is actually coming out of the No Man's Sky's developers. It's entirely possible that oh, yeah. 
that Amazon is that Amazon and Steam themselves are taking the loss. So mm-hmm. John, it, it just in they reading, up, uh, 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 yeah, just as like a, uh, I mean, it's not, but like a public service kind of a thing. I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so John, it just in your research on this, did you come across whether or not they're actually like charging back like the No Man's Sky devs for uh, or publisher or whatever for their for uh, for for this, or they are, do we know whether or not the retailers are taking the hit? Well, let me see really quick because I'm I'm currently looking into that right now just to see, um, okay. you know, whether or not this is coming. This is going to end up coming out of Sony's pocket yeah. as the publisher. Is it going to come out of Hello Games' pocket as the developer? Well, he, you know, from what I've seen, Sony's taken uh, taken requests for refunds too. So that's definitely okay. coming yeah. out of their pocket. Okay, so so. Okay, so John, while you're attempting to confirm uh, exactly who the loss is, who, who's, ta- who's, who's taking paying the, the bills? The, <laughs> yeah. the, the couple of places that I've that I've been looking—that's what I've been looking at while you guys were talking here—and it does not say who who's footing the bill ultimately for the okay. returns. Okay. So uh, let, let's assume for the moment then that so so, so here, here's my take on the matter: the the developers like the the. And and you know I I do want to mention also that in in the course of me fumbling over my words here, half of the reason I'm doing that is because um, I what uh, one of our viewers, watchers, listeners, Ricky Keller brought up something to us um, um, that that I just want to kind of address real quick because it's pertinent to this conversation, and that's that we do conflate a lot of times the developers and the publishers, um, and. Uh, you know, to to a lot of people that are following this, like um, myself, sometimes to be honest, which considering mm-hmm. I manage development team, I know is somewhat semi ironic, but um, a lot of times I don't. I see them just as the same entity, like the people making the game, like and so and, and so in in, uh, uh, in in when we're when we're having a lot of these conversations, it's. I, you know, I, I, I even know as we're doing it that, and when I listen back to these episodes later that, mm-hmm. that we screw up the terminology sometimes. Well, it's not even the terminologies. It's you know, screwing up, forgetting which, which people are responsible for what things here. So I know we do that, and um, especially because Ricky brought it yeah, up. We, yeah, we, um, do, we do interchange them um, quite frequently. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, so... <laughs> we yeah, apologize. So, yeah. Um, so if, if we've ever caused confusion on that, yeah, we definitely apologize. So the what I'm going to assume here is that the without knowing as much as I probably should to uh, to make this assumption, I'm going to make it anyways. Um, the I'm assuming that the developers and um, you know the people that made the game have they've been paid, and that mm-hmm. like these refunds are not going to come out of their pockets. If Sony nope. is the publisher for the game, then well, I'm going to assume that the um, that especially if Sony is offering refunds themselves, this is probably something that they okayed to Amazon and Steam and everybody else mm-hmm. who's doing this, and so it's probably coming out of their pockets. So this is a PR move on Sony's part, is what this comes down to. So, um, so 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 just just a just a call out that one that one little you know part of your of your of your rant go, which otherwise I completely agree with. I don't mm. think we're putting anybody's day jobs at risk here. Oh, um, yeah. I, I guess but, you're right. I forgot that we'd be we would be at the distribution point of this because the developer's been paid for said copies made and now Well they got Amazon's, paid for their development work, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. So yeah. they got paid for their work and then Sony started pressing Discs yeah. and everything. I get, yeah, if, yes. if anybody, including Ricky, um, who, who's worked in this world, uh, can opine to kind of clarify this for us, I would love to know 
when something like this happens. What the the typical yeah, we might need to bring an expert in on this one. What the yeah. typical industry protocol is when a game tanks in such a way that refunds are offered? Does it come out of the does it come out of the the publisher's pocket? You know, or does it come out of the developer's pocket at the end of the day? Is, is something retconned right. or money taken away? You know, because I genuinely yeah. don't know. That's one thing I don't. Because this is a pretty uncommon thing. Well, you don't see this a lot in gaming. You know? Yeah, no. It's, well, it's, and there's also a another level of that. Does it come out of the distributor's pocket? Because like when you when you buy, if it works with the music industry, you've bought your discs from the publisher, right? And you're the distributor. So then I don't. You I don't know that the distributor. I don't know that the distributor. Would they would legally be able to take money from the distributor because the distributor didn't do anything wrong distributing a broken product. That's not on them. I would I would imagine. That well, that yeah, yeah, but I'm saying they're, and I'm not saying they're like they're they're losing money because they're just taking it back. They've already bought their copies to distribute and they're just like, oh, we're taking the hit yeah. on it because we're giving your money back. So we have now a pile of these discs in the corner that we're gonna throw in the incinerator and go meh, whoops, and write them off. You know, it won't be like literally losing money. It'll just be they didn't get to resell them to break even. Does that make sense? Well, just remember we're talking about digital distribution here, so you know, it's there. There is no reselling. You know. Um, oh yeah. Because, uh, because, yeah, because John, as far as you know, this is not being offered on retail copies, right? This is only a digital thing currently. I think this is just a digital, digital. But there, there was oh, an yeah. update. One, one particular, uh, you know, media outlet, PCInvasion.com. As of today's date, the twenty eighth, time of recording, uh, a note from No Man's Sky Steam page states that there are quote no special exemptions outside the platform's standard refund policy. Which we've talked about before in the past for Steam. So maybe maybe this some of this information is is still kind of developing or it's it's kind of kicking back and forth. It's worth noting though to give you guys an idea. Um, no Man's Sky, which launched a week late, uh, a week late, almost a week after uh, you know the the console copies, debuted with 220,000 players. By its second week, had dropped hit. 15,700 active players out of that 200,000 people who were actively playing it on day one, it had uh, you know a week later 15,700 wow. players. Yeah, that's how much. That's a that, that's a flash pan experience. I have a theory on yeah. why that is versus the consoles, you know, which we'll talk about another time because we're running a little long. Not, not uh, fast enough GPUs, clearly. No, it's not even <laughs> fast enough GPUs. The short version is PC people are used to a certain level of freedom and mods mm -hmm. and all these things and so a lot of the things that No Man's Sky touts they've been doing for years in games or something close to them or things that are more interesting just, yeah. like survival games so I think that's part of what it was for me anyways. it was but nothing that, new and innovative to keep on your hard drive yeah not even close to what, what console people are used mm -hmm. to getting if you don't typically play on PC but um, you know, for those of you uh, who do listen to the show uh, I know that I'm kind of the only one that plays PC games for Gamerhead Radio but I can tell you this I say it to people all the time PC gaming is the wild, wild west of video gaming. It's like fucking no holds barred, gloves come off, all kinds of crazy mm -hmm. shit happens in that world because... And they can of, turn of any dime. Yeah, 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 it's crazy. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, so that that was uh, that was our news roundup for the week. I know a little bit longer than our usual uh, romp, but uh, there was some good stuff in there this week. So uh, that, that does it for news. So, so for this week, um, the uh, what we what we kind of wanted to do and uh, and uh, take a look at just the the changes in gaming journalism and and just 
the talk about our impressions and uh, our experiences in just how it used to be where you know for a lot of us we would get our monthly magazine in the mail or you know pick it up at the newsstand or whatever um, versus what it's coming to now which is you know short little posts on blogs like uh, you know like you know which is not to say they're not news outlets to be very clear about when I say that I mean I, but you know so like news blogs I'll say that like Kotaku and the like or uh, or um, you know other gaming centric sites like uh, IGN and uh, so on and so forth um, yeah. you know where you're you know con for the most part consuming gaming news in many many more much smaller bites as opposed to these magazines where you would have you know many times 10 15 page spreads over like a feature of a game which is just not something that I I don't really think we see anymore um, no. and uh, so so. Uh, YouTube I, has I, taken that from us. Yeah, yeah. So, so here, here's what I'll say. You know, I, I mentioned the spreads specifically because for me, that is one of the the two big things I really miss about um, gaming journalism being in print form. Um, you know, the for the most part, I prefer. I personally prefer everything digitally. Like, I, 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 I can't stand paper for the most part. Like, printers are my personal devils, um, just in general. And so, you know, especially like at work, I, I'm trying to get us at a place of like digitizing and scanning and archiving, you know, digitally as opposed to filing boxes in the basement as much as possible. I just, I prefer digital. It's copyable. It's reliable. It's, um, you know, it's it's searchable and and all that fun stuff. But there's the, for for me, there was something different about um, you know getting a magazine in the mail or um, or picking it up at a store or something like that, and being able to look through like I say like like a, like a twelve fifteen whatever like page spread, especially in like those larger format magazines like uh, like Game like Game Informer, um, you know where you know they're nice big. It's almost square. It's like a giant magazine, and you can look through and just like gorgeous artwork and like all the work that's put into just the composition and just the layouts and everything. I just I, I really missed that a lot. I had I had an, an uh, you know, I kept my I, I never really shopped at GameStop that much. Um, but uh, you know I always kept my um, my my gamers unlocked whatever club membership active through them for the sole sake of getting that magazine in the mail every month. Just because mm -hmm. especially especially they, they they had like a format switch like they kind of revamped themselves. Um, uh, you know many years ago at this point, but where uh, you know they sort of just changed like the design and the feel of the magazine. And when they did that, one of the, my favorite things that they did is that the um, you know, uh, you know, like if you think of like your your typical magazine covers, you know that there's like you know the big you know like the big headline at the bottom, and then like little words and blurbs all over the cover about the different things that the magazine was about. They took all that off, and the front and the back, it was a single just giant piece of art that you know the focus of it was on the front, but that 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 piece of art continued and wrapped around to the back, and the only text you had on the cover for the most part, typically I believe, was just the Game Informer logo at the top. And especially when they made that change, I just I remember that getting these magazines in the mail, like I sometimes the 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 attention to detail and just the work put into that artwork. Um, I just I there there's several times where I would just stare at the cover just because of how beautiful it was. I remember it was a Game Informer cover that was that was a lot of people my my including myself's um, first exposure to the brand new you know Lara Croft when they did um you mm -hmm. know when they that when was they a great cover it. too. That cover was stunning. That was I you mean, could say whatever you yeah. want about Game Informer, but that was one thing that that magazine had was they always. I mean, like they're still around, so I say she had, 
But, oh, but they're digital only now, right? Yeah. Um, no, you yeah. can still get copies. No, can you still get physical? Yeah. That's how they long it's you. been since I got a game. They game. went digital only. That's when I canceled, which is what I mm. which I, what I was getting to in my story there. So if they if they're available physically again, I I didn't know that. I've been in, in GameStop before. I don't recall seeing any copies. So. Um, unless you can only get them in the mail now, which would be weird. I, I, I swear, the last time I re-upped, they were like, "Do you want to get it sent to you or digitally?" And I was like, "Digitally," because huh, I don't read. Okay. By the time I get their news, we've already covered it weeks ago. So I'm like, "Well, this is kind of well, sure." And, <laughs> and and unfortunately, this is one of the reasons why so many print magazines have gone away. Is just because you know you can't update a print magazine, like especially you know no. on a on a completely other you know side conversation. Yeah, you know, when you get a newspaper in the mail, it's all the what? news is or yes, they still exist. Go when you get a newspaper on your doorstep or out of a machine, that news is already a day old. You know, what? and um, what Charlie, are these newspapers uh, you talk about? Is it on my Kindle? <laughs> yeah, but yes, it's but. A, it's that thing you use to to to. You know, to tap human beings on the nose when they poop on the rug. Or am I thinking of dogs? No, that's a um, golf club. John, you Jesus just sent Christ, me a link here. What is this link, John? This link that I just sent Charlie is uh, from GameInformer.com. That it's a switch back to print applet. Uh, it looks like you have the option to switch your digital subscription back to print. And so this, and so this isn't even just a. Uh, this isn't like a petition. No, this this is, this is from have. Game Informer's website. It looks like you have the option to switch your digital Charlie, subscription back to you. You but, can get but, your art back. But art aside, I don't think that people. I mean, the the we could do a whole separate episode on just magazines, video gaming, the history of video gaming magazines, mm -hmm. which I think we should. Which we do should as a feature, but but without digging too far into the magazines, talking about journalism and gaming. Um, the one time, this is one of the few conversations that I'm really glad that we're, we're a bunch of salty old farts at this point in contrast to the average gamer right now because we can legitimately discuss what gaming journalism used to be like um, before yeah. the social media age. And i got to tell you, I'm not one of these people that just shits on everything, social media all the time where I'm like, fucking everything's gone to crap. I <laughs> will say immediately, I don't like clickbait articles. I really don't like... Yeah, I'll tell you this. I am not thrilled with the state of uh, journalism and gaming. Um, I can say you this: read your Facebook feed? the the biggest the biggest contributor to this show that whose whose articles we use pretty regularly, based on the quality of their writing, is often Polygon. Polygon doesn't really do a lot of clickbait shit. Um, but man, I'll tell you, some of the the bigger guys, it's been kind of heartbreaking to watch. Gaming journalism just become like everybody else's journalism because that's the model you had to adopt in order to survive. Um, Kotaku has money. gotten really fucking bad, particularly about shoving their sister sites down your throat. Um, well, that's just that's articles. just Gawker Media in general. I know Gawker Gawker's gotten really bad in general, but I there are a couple of writers too. If we're talking about journalism, gaming journalism, there are a couple of people who write for Kotaku whose writing is so bad, in my opinion, that it actually makes me not want to continue to follow Kotaku. Um, I think Kotaku does some really great stuff, particularly um, if you go to their YouTube channel and you watch their... Um, um, uh, the fail videos? No, not, they're not fail videos. Fuck, my brain is not working. Oh, I enjoy um, those on Kotaku. This is this is what happens when you find out you're having another child. All of a sudden, your brain turns into tapioca pudding and you know spills out of the side of your ear. Um, 
I see no point. Highlight Reel. No, they do they do a series on... That's the uh, same thing. That's yeah. I, was, I love Highlight Reel. So they do some really great things, and Kurt, I think Kirk Hamilton's a really good journalist. There's one particular artist, and I'm not, I'm not here to mudsling, so I'm not going to say who, but there is one particular person who writes for Kotaku who every every article that that they post is just I, I check before I even read the article anymore if it's theirs I won't even read it I just close it it's, their writing is so bad thanks John but yeah but that's you know, yeah <laughs> um yeah but I mean that you know that that that's you know that's yeah the quality of journalism is a whole other conversation yeah it is, um, it is. but well, um, but, but the mean, two the two kind of go hand in hand though because Clickbait stuff that that comes from on high. You got to understand the journalists are doing their job because that's the way that their parent company is telling them that's how we do this. This is what you got to do now. But the people doing the writing, there there has been a significant decline in the quality of journalism itself in the gaming world. I kind of feel like I kind of feel like well, people have gotten really lazy, and it's hard. But it's hard to get a scoop now where the world is so connected. Well, like, how do you get one? You know what I mean? That and the fact that I think that journalism has gone downhill because you have to put an article out like every hour, not every That's day. That's the other thing. I, I do miss one thing about the old way of, uh, of doing gaming journalism. I would much rather wait to get good game news than a flood of game news. You know? It, there's well, just like, a wall of And it gets old with the updates. Yeah. Yeah. That's my biggest thing is like you get the... You get the if you... Like, the, if, if something big and flashy happens now, you get like the half-ass version of we think this is what's going to happen, and then you go back to the article and it's like update, 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 and then mm -hmm. finally like seven hours later after twelve updates, you get the full story. I'm like, well, you could just waited till tomorrow to yeah. print that. Well, I mean, but see, I know, and but money the, makes the, more go round and clicks make the world go round. That's seven clicks per person. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, because that the the. That that's kind of the biggest problem with the whole thing, right? Is because you know the with with the fact that now anybody can start up, you know, anybody can put together a website, and uh, you know, get some people yeah. to write articles, and basically starting up a gaming mm -hmm. site. You know, there, there's yeah, some so podcasts, three jackasses. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just take my <laughs> I know, I know, right? Any any idiots can do it. Um, yeah. The uh, um, you know, just the the the, the nature of of gaming journalism has of all journalism has changed entirely and you know it's it it can you know while while of course you know you know many of these sites still do you know long form research articles where you know they you know you know kind of like the kind of like the things that we're talking about now it's a matter of you know just who's reporting on it first you know whatever just to get people over to your site because if you don't yeah, oh, yeah. they'll go somewhere like else, and, and then your ads don't get seen, and then you don't get money. Mm -hmm. and then that you have is to go the primary reason that I miss the, I miss print media news as opposed to digital news. Um, I mean, in almost every format, I don't mind getting my like world news from you know quick and on like hot off the press like that. But there are, if you weren't alive or you were too young to give a shit about video games at the time. The the best era that I can cite for like gaming journalism and how exciting it was to to be a part of that era was two sources Nintendo Power and easily EGM Electronic Gaming Monthly was probably mm -hmm. the best thing that ever happened to gaming journalism back in the day because yep. it was exciting man it was exciting and yep. the editors like there's so many people doing so much media now. You 
maybe you'll find one or two, like pick whatever it is that you're into. You'll find one or two journalists doing the writing for those events, and you kind of stick to those people because you trust those people and you, you like the quality of their writing or they have a good reputation. But, like, if you were an editor for Electronic Gaming Monthly, you were, like, a video game rock star, man. Like, yeah. there were, like, <laughs> you knew them. You knew the, the editors, the names of the editors for Electronic Gaming Monthly better than you knew any of the development team people's names. Hell, you, the only reason you knew who the studios were was because it was all published in Electronic Gaming Monthly. Yeah. You know, Dan Shu at one point, who was the editor in chief for for gamer or for Gamerhead Radio, fuck, for uh, <laughs> Electronic Gaming Monthly. Well, wait, I thought that out the back, John. Yeah, he, he they used to do a segment on uh, MSNBC with him, where he would be like the like voice of video gaming on TV, the face of video gaming for a short period of time. So, um, you know, like it was a big deal, man. Electronic, gaming. and they were like podcast pioneers for video gaming. Like I, I can say that when I had the opportunity to come to be a part of Gamerhead Radio and do a podcast with these guys. Part of it was because I fucking loved the oneup.com, you know, which was Electronic Gaming Monthly's website. OneUp was their podcasting stuff, and they did some amazing work on those podcasts. Uh, Retronauts, by the way, is an archive of awesome discussion that everybody should go back and listen to. Just, you know, off the cuff there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Noted. Yeah. Um, yeah, we also can't, uh, we can't, you know, if we're talking about people that, you know, did great service to gaming journalism we can't we can't not mention Nintendo power <laughs> I mean they basically they basically justified the existence oh, yeah. of gaming print mm-hmm. magazines right um, and there, there were a lot of them in the 80s but they were they were gone as quickly as they, they popped up yeah game uh, pro lasted a while game pro actually oh, yeah, outlived yeah. electronic gaming monthly believe mm-hmm. it, until they and relaunched. Then, um, uh, and then there was um, what was it uh, Oh God! Video games, but that split off a number. They split off video games into the PlayStation magazine, and the Xbox magazine. Yeah. But yeah, there was a whole bunch of weird ones. But I mean, unfortunately, I think we can just sum this up like we do with most things. And the internet ruins everything. It really does. <laughs> well, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as. I mean, but uh, you go through mobile games, and you have to go through five thousand pieces of crap to find the gold. Here, here's what you I go would through say. Journalism, 5,000 pieces of crap to find the gold. The beauty of the Internet is any, any, anybody can do what they want. The flip side of that coin is anybody can do whatever they want, and it's out there for you to sift through to find the professionals and the good sources. Yeah. And we appreciate that while trying to look for good content that you've landed on Gamerhead Radio while you're still... Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, if you were looking for good content, you've come to the wrong place, yeah. my friends. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're like, I mean, we're like probably, oh, probably a solid T-list uh, site here. Yeah. <laughs> I I need to say one other thing, and tell me if you guys agree with me on this or not. The uh, th- this is kind of, this is an adjunct, but the other big thing that I really miss about print, uh, about getting a monthly uh, uh magazine subscription. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Well, no, 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 no. Not like Playboy. Well, I mean, Playboy centerfolds were really good when I was 18. I had never seen one before that, I swear. Um, Get back on the no. rails, gentlemen. But, um, no, but no, like Nintendo, or was it Nintendo Power or was EGM? One of them, they had a poster. You got a game poster in the center of the magazine every month. Oh, yeah. I do think that was... um. Nintendo Power did it for a long time. Once, Goat said something nice that sounded dirty, but wasn't. Yeah. What <laughs> the hell? Um... I was actually going to say demo discs. I oh, missed, God, I hated those. I, really? 
I, I hated them. I miss the I miss demo discs so much. I like demo discs, especially for like the the PlayStation like, Underground ones. Um, uh, yeah, uh, those those were awesome because they had like all like stuff hidden in them, and like there was like this whole like little thing about like. Like I feel, I feel like there was some like meta game across like multiple discs. Maybe I'm making that up, but I feel like they tried something like that. I don't know. I just, I really yeah. like getting. I think my there was one that was like five discs that made the full game or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, being, I really you know, miss, I really miss getting a monthly demo disc and just being able to sit down for an afternoon sometimes. That too was and be uh, able OPM. To try. Remember, official yeah, PlayStation mm-hmm. magazine. Yep. 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 And um, just be able to sit down and tr- just like try a whole bunch of different games at once. I mean, like, because I feel like. I mean, like, I feel like demos were really prevalent in the previous console cycle. I, I feel like demos have sort of stopped. No, like, that, that's, a, that's a whole other thing. They, they, the industry has made a concerted effort to get away from demos. Probably Why? because oh, see, probably be, no, because it commits them to something that might be removed in the final game, you know, and also for the same reason that we've been having this Just... disturbing wave of games that are tremendously disappointing because if you don't make any promises to deliver on, then you can deliver whatever the fuck you want. A screenshot doesn't really promise anything. You know what I mean? But on the flip side, you put out a demo and everybody hates it. Well, maybe that'll give you a chance to fix it before the game comes out. But well, here's yeah, a whole other gotta... conversation we're getting into. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Hold, hold on, I, I, I can, I can book in this for you, Charlie. Okay. You do what everybody else has been doing, and you put the little screen up. It takes five seconds here to put the screen up. that says this is not the final game. Things will and can change. Yeah. No. Exactly. Go. <laughs> um, I, I wish they. I, I mean, like, I, I miss so much. Like, I wouldn't have known. Yeah. Be happy for you if it yeah. wasn't for that alpha. Honestly. There's no way I would have picked that picked it up based on cover. You know what's so funny? Like, I I do this every fucking week. I didn't even talk about. It. I played We Happy Few. Well, I'll save it for next week. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I played something else too that I thought of like 20 minutes ago, and I was like, "Fuck, I played that too." Shit. I don't. Know, I don't know, I'll get back to it. Anyways. Well, we'll, we'll try and remember. We'll try and remember that. And then yeah. I, think, I, I, I think I think we've sparked multiple conversations that we'll be able to spin into yeah, show topics we in the future. Really have, really have. Oh but, yeah, um, this thing just uh, but felt, felt, filled our coffers for a month or two. Yeah, <laughs> people people don't understand that at the time, before and and we I mean we have literally lived through the evolution of of the transition from print media to digital media and then the like weird growing pains and changes that have come because up until I would say. It's really in the last, like, maybe three years, three or four years, video game journalism was actually in still a decent state. Like, you see all these things that were super clickbaity three or four years ago, but video game journalism didn't do that. They still did things in a sort of, you know, a, a way Wholesome that relied way. integrity. You know what I mean? Journalistic <laughs> integrity. And that's gone out the window... Um, because the whole industry has just changed that way. But when when print media existed, you got to remember, you know, anybody under the age of probably you know twenty five listening to this show, you you got screenshots from the magazine, man, and you got like a screenshot or two or three screenshots, mm-hmm. and you had to fill and in a the bunch of art. With your imagination, yeah, and and a blurb from the usually from the producer or the director of the game talking mm-hmm. about what they were doing with it, and that's all you had to go on until probably six months later when they put more shit out for it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it just it was we it, what and we then, was so and, eager. And know? then you're forgetting the main part of the 1900s, John. The main part. <laughs> then when it came out. 
You went to Blockbuster and you rented it before you bought it. That's right. That's exactly. What you're oh yeah, God, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we made so, our own demos. Damn it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And then and then and then once you made that switch from print media into the digital world, that was a bumpy transition. Um, and there were really only two or three. I mean, do you guys remember there were like maybe two or three people who did it and got taken seriously when the transition mm -hmm. into the digital age happened. I remember when EGM made an announcement that they were going to launch a website, and it was like the last, very last page of EGM. It opened up, and the very back, the back cover page was like a two-page spread that had a picture of the, you know, a one-up Mario mushroom, and underneath it it said, coming soon, like oneup.com, and that, that's all they put to indicate they were doing that, and it, but it was intriguing. It was them, uh, GameSpot... Uh, mm -hmm. and... IGN. Uh, well, IGN and GameSpy for a while started doing some new stuff early Oh, God, on. I forgot about Spy. Those were the those were the four that were kind of... that I remember, anyways, um, that I remember being prominent, you mm -hmm. know? And GameSpot is the one that is... and IGN are, are the two that have persisted. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Nintendo you know? Power switched over pretty smoothly. Fuck. Five years ago, IG nobody even really took IGN seriously as a video game outlet for news. There were some, there were other choices that I think people preferred, and they've become like a mainstay just because they outlived everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, still not a big fan of IGN personally myself. You know, do you guys yeah, have any preferred? Like, where do you guys when when we're not doing the show? Where do you guys get your gaming news from? What's your preference for gaming news? Last week's episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, Gamerhead Radio, obviously, John. Um, yes. .com.net.triplex. Yeah, no, um, Don't go to the last one. It's not what you think. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to see. May have bought that on accident. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, um, I, I, go, I, I, I tend to go to Kotaku um, just because that's where I've been going for forever and I haven't changed it yet. Between them and Dorkly, but Dorkly isn't, is, is, I, I don't I think know. I'm satire. Uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's which funny. sometimes it's which which sometimes is newsworthy in and of itself. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. Same but, with the start uh, doing. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, but honestly, I I end up getting the majority of my news now from social media and um, like the Players Club, for example. It's um, mm -hmm. you know like anything that's really worth mentioning, somebody ends up posting in the Players Club. Which if you're a new listener, you don't know what I'm talking about. Is is a group that we're all in on Facebook. And if you want to join us there, please uh, please do so and uh, talk about video games with us. It's uh, uh, open group, but um, it's really a good time. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, um, yeah. I I feel like like if I'm gonna sit down and read through news, I'm gonna do it with with I with either Kotaku or with um, um, IGN's YouTube feed specifically. Um, I don't really read their website so much, but their their web their their video content is really well produced. So um. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I I'll, I'll I'll check them out, but um, I, yeah, honestly, the typically if I find out about something, it's through social media, um, just because that's that's how we've gone. Um, well, everything eventually funnels there, anyways. Yeah, 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 pretty much. What about you, Goat? You got any particular sources that you <clears throat> fancy? Um, I mean, In the modern age. Kotaku's all right, but they're wavering. They're really wavering. I mean, the last couple months, I'm like, this, this, this is crap. This is all fluff. Um. Which, you know, whatever, I get it, you have fluff pieces, we've done it on here, you know, whatever. Um, but IGN, every once in a while, I'll check in with. GameSpot's coming back on my radar um, for personal ties. And then, um, 
mostly, yeah, like Charlie said, part, like Players Club and stuff like that. I'll keep an eye on social media, and it just it all just funnels to one general location, and I pluck what I need and move on. I'll or you. you, I'll agree with you on that because I get I get a lot of things through Players Club now as well, just because the the people we know there we know, and a lot of them are friends mm-hmm. or listeners of the show, and and. So we trust their opinions that they're just and, and usually it's very interesting. Like that that group is fun because everybody's usually fairly picky about the things they post. They don't just post a bunch of garbage in there, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of cool. But when I'm I've I've taken a different approach. It's kind of evolved over time because I used to just like to go to like one or two places. I don't go to GameSpot at all anymore. I haven't for almost a decade because of a controversy at that point where they fired Jeff Gerstman, their then editor. Jeff Gerstmann. Um, well, we've covered because, this. Yeah, because he gave Tomb Raider, or mm-hmm. he gave Kane and Lynch uh, a mediocre review because it's a fucking mediocre game. He got fired because, you know, parent company advertisement, advertising was pulled by IDOS and they reacted by firing him, and which led him to Money. form Giant Bomb. And they're also a news outlet. So I do trust Giant Bomb. Um, you know, I, I don't oh, yeah, watch them as too. often as right. I like to go to, but they're not as active as they were either. Mm-hmm. Um they kind of only put something out when they need to, I guess. Um, but Polygon is where Which I go. Which is kind of, of okay. Yeah, it is <laughs> yeah. kind of okay. Um, uh, lately, I go to Polygon a lot. I still do frequent Kotaku for certain things, and there are people that write for Kotaku who I think are really great writers. And I think that Snack Taku is fucking hilarious, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but um, by and large, I don't trust Kotaku anymore. I don't think that they're doing quality journalism. I don't think that they're they're writing quality pieces like they used to, and I think a lot of it's just yeah. a flood of shit. And There's it's sad, because sh- they used to be awesome. Before they switched to like the blog-style format, they used yeah. to be a lot of fun. It, it does seem like there's been a shift towards the, 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 the money side of journalism and not mm-hmm. towards the journalism yeah. side of journalism. That's true. <laughs> And then, and then for video content, like I used to go specifically to GameSpot to do check out video reviews because they always had really well produced video reviews, better than everybody else at the time. Now I find myself do getting video reviews from a couple of like trusted YouTuber like channels that you know I know that sounds really crazy, but I'm gonna make a recommendation for anybody who's looking for a couple places to find some premium video review content. Um, there is a website called Angry Centaur Gaming. And they're, they're a YouTube channel. It's this guy named Carrick that owns it. He calls himself the Bearded Shaman of Gaming. And he's he's a really quick, like fast, nice. fast, fast talker when he does his video reviews. Very honest, very in-depth, and he does quality work. So check out Angry Centaur Gaming. They just rebranded themselves as ACG. Um, and then um, there's this there's another channel that I love called Elder Geek, eldergeek.com. Um, the, the guy who runs and owns and does the content for that is a fellow by the name of Randy Ascenshock. And he he puts some of the best video reviews together I've ever seen for gaming because it's in-depth, it's well-worded, it's concise, um, you know, but it, he truncates it into like a six, sometimes eight-minute review. Really, really good stuff that he puts together. And, and nice. both of these outlets will show you games you didn't even know existed because they don't just cover mainstream stuff. They cover all kinds of cool shit. They find things under rocks. Randy Ashenshot does not do a lot of production right now, though. He said he's going to be taking a small break, but uh, character Angry Centaur Gaming is doing a fuckload of production all the time. Several videos a week, as a fact. So, But sorry, I went off the rails there. But that's, no, where, I'm finding, that's where I'm finding my video review content. I, my oh, I, I journalism totally and tastes have changed a lot. YouTube is like where I get all my videos from now. Like I don't even like try. I'm just I'm, like, oh, I'm so fucking gaming, picky, man. Music, whatever. What about YouTube. 
Well, no, no, I'm, I'm picking on who I use and stuff like that, but, you know, I still, I have my, my highlights where I'm like, oh, they did this video, yeah. you know, but YouTube's where you get video content. That's just mm. whatever the hell you're doing video, it's yeah. on YouTube now. They're doing, they're doing really good over there with uh, keeping it all moving. It's true, it's true. Okay. All right, so that's, uh, I think that'll wrap up our feature for the week, so let's go ahead and move on to our mailbag. So for this week, our mailbag question was, do you feel like the shift in gaming journalism from printed magazines to blogs, podcasts, and social media has changed how you get and process gaming news? If so, has the change uh, been for the better or worse? What go? <laughs> no, like, the internet just made you say shit. It was amazing. You were like, the, the question where you said shift... It totally sounded like shit to me, and it, it, it fit contextually. <laughs> Let me remind our listeners that we are adults. Uh, no, two, two no, never tell them. Adults. <laughs> never tell them any of that. So, uh, first response uh, from Ricky Keller uh, in the Players Club. Hey, hey, how about that? Uh, was, that um, uh, he says, as with many forms of journalism, it has become much more easily accessible and saturated. Um, unfortunately, the negative to that is that the saturation comes with cheaper means of grabbing our attention, invoking more of an emotional response than a carefully considered one. Speculation is now more accepted as fact than suspicion. Proper reviews are still available, however. I think it's important to consider a review as more than just a numerical score. Valid, okay. Uh, you guys, um, that was the uh, the only response we got on our um, official social media channels. Did you guys have any responses? Yeah, I got a handful. Goat, did you get any? I don't think so. All right, I'll go ahead. And go I forgot to check. I, I was pulling Charlie. I was not prepared. <laughs> it's all right. No worries. I'll go ahead and move on. One, one um, of us had not prepared. Timothy Horn uh, says yes and better because it's now reported as it happens as opposed to once a month. So it's kind of interesting because I was saying that I would prefer less news like I, I in almost everything in my life I'm a quality over quantity person um, and it, it, it's an interesting perspective you know uh, just it goes to show you there's a there's a difference in the way that things are discussed now this gentleman Timothy Horn it's uh, worth noting uh, was was also a uh, you know he, he used to write copy review for uh, for a video gaming website since we're talking about uh, video game journalism uh, some almost decade ago um, so that that's good stuff um, Garris Redfield, who uh, we know here on the show is uh, Dustin Falconer, uh, says, Yes, I still read Game Informer, but since I've been listening to you guys, I go off of your opinions and not some people uh, hired to give reviews. That's really nice of you to say, man. Oh, man, as the, I am the person who, so sorry. <laughs> as the person who digs up the news every week for you guys to listen to, I very much appreciate that. Thank you, Dustin. Likewise. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just joking, Dustin. We, we, uh, we keep it real, and I'm glad that you, you care that we keep it real. <laughs> You heard it here for uh, first, ladies and gentlemen. We keep it real. Goat straight out of goat's mouth. Calvin Sist, who who did a little contributing last week live on the show, is a good friend of mine. Um, one of the guys I play PC games with uh, said, "I feel like there are way there's way more garbage to wade through. Sometimes I'll find a really good article on Kotaku, but I feel like it's like homework now. Cross referencing other articles that cover the same stuff to make sure the sources are legit, and they are saying the same thing. Even with all that quote research, I still can't fully trust the internet because, well, it's the internet. <laughs> are we a more informed gamer society? Yes, in a way. You just have to pick and choose what to believe and try to make the best educated guess possible as the information comes out piecemeal and with daily articles. 
It feels like we're being spoiled. A tiny bit of information here. We get excited and fill in the blanks. Another quote update there. And suddenly we feel like we're at the press conference itself. I miss the print material. I feel like there was definitely more thought and work put into a monthly issue. And as a kid, I miss waiting by the mailbox to get my next issue of EGM. See? Fucking EGM. There it is. I always mm-hmm. read each issue the same way. Skim the table of contents, flip all the way to the back, read Sue and Ch- uh, Sue and Ch- Shoe and Chan, sorry, then gorge myself with hours upon hours of reading materials, some quirky writing styles. Cal, that is exactly how I used to fucking rock EGM too. I think that might have been a, a common. That's a lot of how people. you read it. That's it. That's what you did. It, the fir- if you read the front flap, it's like welcome to EGM. Please yeah. go through these steps to read our magazine. You also did your best to make sure that the teachers at school didn't notice you had it in your backpack, so they wouldn't take it away from you. Um, really? You yeah. couldn't read in school? Not, not fucking recreational things like that. Fuck no, man. They would take stuff Weird. like that away from you. Or I went to school anyways. Uh, Chris Parker says, I was thinking about this yesterday, sitting in a bookstore looking at magazines, how I used to wait for the next magazine to come out to get the demos for the next hottest games coming out. So there you go. There's another nod to the conversation <laughs> we were having about demos. Now we see the game before it comes out, and there are really no surprises to them. Everything is spoiled from the get-go. If there is something wrong with it, people throw a fit. That's a good point. Maybe maybe part of the reason that we didn't... You don't see the kind of meltdowns that happen in gaming now when we were younger, and maybe some of that is because if we, we didn't only know. four screenshots and a blurb to work off of yeah. twice a year, like you couldn't get fucking disappointed because they always well, more than you expected. Well, that and you didn't know. You didn't know if it was broken or not. You never seen it in action. It was always still frame. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, Adrian Adrian Creven says I still like the books because I can look back at them, back on them. Um, Logan Booth says way better. Instead of getting my gaming info once a month, I can get them daily and instantly, and always be in the loop to whatever is going on. So it seems like there's a good mix of people who have just their personal preferences. Some people want it like now, fucking hot off the presses. Mm-hmm. Some of us don't. Some want it good. Some miss the demos. Some just miss the print magazines. Um, a, like I feel like this mailbag entirely encompassed everything we just talked about. Um, you know, which is which that's is really because neat. our listeners like us. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. So that's uh, that's everything. Much, I much. Uh, mailbag. Our mailbag is much like sex. Some people like it hot, and some people like it good. I don't why. Well, go, go. <laughs> you've lost your mind. Do it again. You do. I just wanted to get Charlie back in the conversation. Well, <laughs> mission accomplished. Um, <laughs> yeah, I seen the eyes and the head snap up. Like, oh god, he's been let loose. Why? Why? <laughs> the fastest way to get Charlie back into the conversation, if he is not in the conversation, is to mm-hmm. say something just inappropriate enough that he feels like he needs to yank the wheel of the car to the right <laughs> to keep you from crashing headlong into traffic. <laughs> so we have an email from Songbird this week. <laughs> uh, Songbird, welcome back. She writes, Dear Technotronicer and Goat and Fallon Flynn, Mailbag answer. Most certainly, with such technology at my disposal, I'm able to obtain vast amounts of information from various sources in comparison to print and television. Several times a day, I'll jump on the internet and scope around to see if anything has been posted which may warrant my attention. For example, news sites reported No Man's Sky player lost save uh, discoveries, yet when I followed the Reddit post, the player said he eventually got it back. Yes, I am a rug rat, according to Heavy. Um, also, developers are more to blame for the hype training comparison to gamers. She's um, catching up from last week. <laughs> yes, yes, she is. Um, okay, valid. Um, so she continues, a legit tech question. So as you may or may not have already discussed in the news lineup, PlayStation Now has a two-step verification system that includes getting a text through your phone. I know it's another step to go through, which, uh, but really how much safer is your PSN account, or any account for that matter, 
which asks for your phone number. In a way, I sort of feel like it's less safe considering I get those accursed automated calls. How did they get my number? All right, so <laughs> I, I can feel this. So two things. One, um, how did they get your number because of that... Uh, that um, um, you gave it to somebody else, and then they sold your number to them. That, that's how they got your number. Um, also, when you're walking around like a, a fair, for example, and somebody is doing a sweepstakes to win that car, yeah, guess what's happening to your information? That's what happens to your information. Oh, hell yeah, so, it's being sold. Mm-hmm. Well, that, yeah. and isn't there like a um, so, phone book um, of numbers? Uh, uh, potentially. Because I thought, I thought cell phones were a public record now, so they could literally just look you up. <laughs> Um, I uh, I don't know that there's like a phone book equivalent for cell phone numbers, you know, just in in and of itself, like like the white pages and kind of what you're thinking. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like those um, companies would have that that access. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever put your number anywhere, really, I mean that that's how mm-hmm. they're getting it. Um, there is the national do not call list. If that's not, if that's not something you've come across, you can definitely check that out. Um, Doesn't but, work. Um, uh, well, it 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 will not work for certain things, like for yeah. medical collections, for example. You can't yeah. you can't opt well, out. It'll of slow it down. Well, maybe. Um, okay, but to answer your other question, yeah. two-factor authentication. Here's 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 the point of two-factor authentication. There's there's three possible factors when it comes into logging into something. There's something that you know. There's something that you have, and then there's something that you are. Um, so, for example, something that you know would be a password. Something that you have would be your cell phone. Something that you are would be like your fingerprint. Um, so two-factor authentication is about providing one of two of those. And so when it comes to logging into something and having it like send a text to your cell phone, the um, it, it, uh, as far as how safe it is, it's a matter of well, somebody would both need to have you know figure out your password, whether it's because you use it on another site that got hacked. Um, or maybe just guessing it, whether whether socially engineering it, or maybe just you know throwing a um, a um, a brute force attack at it, which is literally trying a then b then c then d, and then literally going through every possible combination of numbers and characters until until you get to it. That's what a brute force is. Um, so combining, they they would both need to know your password and also have the ability at the same time to receive text messages on your cell phone number. The odds of somebody having both of those at the same time are much lower than only having one of them at the same time. So that that that's why two-factor authentication makes um, makes your account safer. Um, because even if somebody figured out your password, they would also have to have their hands on your cell phone or somehow managed to get your text messages redirected towards them or, or something like that. So um, to answer your question, that, that, that's why it helps. Um, you know, send, sending messages via, via text is not the most secure version of the something that you have. Um, the more secure version of that is a, is a, is a um, I forget the acronym, but it's basically, um, if, if you've used two-factor authentication on like Google or Facebook where it gives you like every 30 seconds there's like a six-digit code that, sh- that co- is constantly changing, that's better because, um, you know, it's, you know, the, um, it, it's more randomized and it's, it's, uh, it's not linked to a phone number that theoretically somebody could get their hands on. It's, uh, it's something else. But anyways, uh, don't ask me tech questions unless you want the long answer. That, that's, 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 <laughs> that was actually very informative. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so, uh, moving on. Uh, Songbird asks, uh, if this wasn't talked about, what were your thoughts on Mario's appearance in the Olympics? Um, do you think it might have rubbed other Japanese game companies the wrong way, considering how important business is in their culture? Um, well, we we kind of missed the bus this week. Well, we didn't. I, I mean, the, the fact that you know that that the the, the Japanese I forget I forget Prime what Minister Prime, Prime Minister. Prime Minister. 
Yeah. Uh, the fact that he came out of a Mario pipe wearing a Mario hat and whatever, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like it's particularly newsworthy personally. Oh, it's blurby. It, I, 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 blurby. Called it, yeah. I called it for news. I was going to talk about it, but then I, I realized that it was. It's, yeah, I mean, it's really neat. I'm, I'm my personal take on this. That would be that would be like saying that um, you know anybody else that provides uh, you know entertainment family entertainment in the United States feels burned because Mickey Mouse was featured at the Olympics in the United States like I, did, like Nintendo is a fucking national treasure and I know that there are a lot of great video game companies in Japan that provide a lot of really great stuff but tell yeah. me give me an example of any one of them especially in their native country that could go toe to toe with Nintendo Nintendo it's not gonna Nintendo be. Mario is, specifically yeah, yeah. Nintendo. Yeah. Is the Disney of Japan? Yeah. And you, personally, you, I think it's really great that their prime minister had a good enough sense of humor to get up there and be a person. Yes, that that I, that I think is the most. Yes, the, his the, PR department did a really good job of telling him yeah. exactly what he was going to do. Yes, I loved it. Yeah, loved absolutely. It. Um, and and uh, yeah, show me the Japanese developer that would say I think my video game character de- uh, deserved to be up there more than Mario, and I will show you a crazy person. Um, yeah. So, Mario is Mickey Mouse. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Disney and Nintendo are even. Yeah, right, dude. I mean, I, like, I think on their, their scales for their it, hometowns. Yeah, I mean, like this is a this is a uh, you know if if the dude came out instead dressed like Bayonetta, then I would be asking questions. <laughs> but I mean, so many many questions. But um, although it would have been funnier to see Crash Bandicoot crash the Olympics. <laughs> There is that. Um, oh my god! And yeah, Mario and Sonic go to the Olympics. Of course, Mario's at the Olympics for yeah. Pete's sake. Um, <laughs> um, Sonic, Sonic was busy making boom. Yeah. So, so actually, that may have been a very intentional cross promotion, other than just yeah. Whatever. Who's the, yeah but anyways. Um, so, that so like they're fucking Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. So, so no, I, 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 I think it was, I think it was blurb worthy. I don't think it was top five worthy. Um, no. And I, I don't we think anybody would have been rubbed the wrong way by that. Um, Songbird continues. Did you guys ever read video game magazines when you were younger, or were you like me and didn't really know they existed until later? Funny side note, I'm kind of looking for older Nintendo Power magazines, and while I didn't find any in the video game section of a bookstore, I found one in the vintage section amongst other really old and truly vintage magazines. Um, oh, that's a kick in the nuts. Thanks, Amber. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, a little bit. Um, well, y- y- you didn't quantify what you mean by younger. Um, you know, um, so, I well, mean, I was... When we were younger... That's all we had. So yes, it was either read <laughs> yeah, video game magazines or not know. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have the choice. Um, so, um, do we ever read video game magazines while we were younger, or were we like me and didn't know they exist until later? I mean, I well. So I'll answer your question like this. I think I started reading video game magazines. I mean, I I subscribed to Nintendo Power in their first year of publication. So, um, uh, wait, wait, wait. Were you eighty-seven? Um, I didn't have issue one. I, I started. Really? Like, uh, yeah. No. The I started. I can tell you. I subscribed to Nintendo Power. Um, the issue before the Final Fantasy One strategy guide got shipped out. That was the first one of their their bonus oh, strategy so guides you're, that I got. You're. you're uh, let's see. That would be issue that, five. That, that sounds right. I want to say that's right. Um, was that that was because it was four before the Samus cover, which was issue nine. Okay. God, who the hell was on that cover? Because <laughs> I, st- I started, um, I missed, I started issue two. Okay. I missed the Mario cover, okay. which is like the most prized, expensive one, and I don't have. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, so if that, John, when did you start reading video game magazines? Can you remember? Um, you know, I, I want to say that there were a couple of, um, 
not not Electronic Gaming Monthly. There was a magazine that predated Electronic Gaming Monthly. The the original editor in chief uh, of Electronic Gaming Monthly. Um, he worked on a magazine before that, and I want to say that that was the magazine that I first picked up and read, and I'm trying to remember what the hell it was. Um, God, I just don't know oh, what it was. I know. I can see the cover. I just can't see the name in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I know that if I really needed to dig it up and do some live Googling, I really could. But uh, I I really, really liked... EGM is as that and Nintendo Power. Like I, those two I referenced earlier were probably the ones that got me into it. I do remember um, PC Gamer because PC Gamer's been around for a good while too. Those were one of the few ones that I did uh, get into early on. But like I would, oh Game Pro, I did read Game Pro a lot. But I, as I hit my like early teen years, 12, 13 years old, I I found myself feeling like Game Pro was very childish and was for little kids, and EGM was. An adults magazine, you know what I mean, for gamers. Mm-hmm. A respectable magazine for gamers. So those were the uh, probably the three. I'll say EGM, GamePro, and Nintendo Power were the ones that I read constantly as a kid. Okay, so live Googling. Did you guys know that EGM was based out of Lombard? Nope. <laughs> no. I had no idea. <laughs> nope, that yeah. is news to me. Huh. No, as yeah. in still based in Lombard right now. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because they still well, publish... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been publishing since March 31st, 1989. Well, mm-hmm. they stopped for a while and they started back up. Um, I mm-hmm. think they're a uh, they're a, instead of being a uh, you know monthly publication, I think they're a quarterly publication now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So Songbird continues. Um, so uh, she has a question. Um, what would be your variant of Jeff Keeley's Dorito Pope? It can't include beer, as it's technically illegal to be enjoyed uh, to kids of all ages. So, um, Charlie's out. Yeah, well, I drink other things. <laughs> um, Hard cider doesn't count. <laughs> I'm drinking water, Mio water, right now. Um, uh-huh. so, so, sure, so, that's what he's saying in that cup. Oh, for the love. Um, <laughs> so, so, in case you're not familiar with this... Um, uh, scrolling back to an article that Goat found, a, a Know Your Meme article. So, um, j- just for reference sake, Dorito Pope is a nickname given to gaming journalist, journalist Jeff Keeley following an interview between Keeley and LevelSave.com in October of 2012. The effusive amount of product placement for Mountain Dew and Doritos during the interview led to large amounts of criticism and led the interview to become a notorious example criticizing the state of j- gaming journalism at the time. Um, Briefly, here is a screenshot from said interview. Um, that is <laughs> that is product placement. Um, you, you guys remember that interview? Uh, it was I, painful on an uncomfortable level. That product yeah. placement. Like every uh, other yeah. word was Doritos, Mountain Dew, or buy. <laughs> which, which of course led to um, Dorito Pope. <laughs> which, uh, uh, for the audio listeners, a picture of um, uh, uh, Jeff Keeley's head on a Pope body uh, with a Pope hat made out of a wrapped Dorito holding up two Mountain Dews with various other Dorito flavors in front of him, clearly his disciples. Um, so, do Popes have disciples? I don't know. Um, but, um, no, they have uh, cardinals. I think that's how the hierarchy works. Okay. Um, I'm confused that you know that, but okay. Um, so, so Product placement. 
Yeah, pr- yeah. Um, I would. I mean, I, 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 I've been struggling to to come up with. Um, That's easy. Cadbury Easter egg Pope. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Cadbury Easter eggs so much. It's shameful. Um, I mean, like. It would have to be man. I I had my head so in the wrong place for this. I'm struggling to come up with an answer mm-hmm. now. If I um, I love Cadbury Easter eggs so much that if that if if I drowned in a bathtub full of Cadbury cream egg filling, I would not be upset that that's how I died. That's mm-hmm. how much I love Cadbury. See, eggs. with with John, I think it would be it would be the crab, Cadbury cream eggs, and then his his liquid sponsor would probably have to be like bottled water because no, he drinks what? a ton of it at shows. No, you know what it is. It would be it would be fucking um it would probably be uh what the fuck is the name of that brand, the tea company the uh, fucking hot Arizona bags. no the ones that you Lipton. see that have like the fucking bears on them and shit it's hot bears. tea tea bags <laughs> oh, you talking about like, bear tea bags hold on let me go get it right now it's, I'm, I'm, it's right there I'm gonna go grab it right now <laughs> you're gonna go grab your bear I, tea bag. I, I, I can think of very few <laughs> things less pleasant than being teabagged by a grizzly bear. <laughs> um, I mean, if there's you your soundbite for the year. Good lord. Um, yeah, I was to say if you, if you think about the size and mass of those things, you, you could suffocate. I really, you really could. <laughs> they took the bears off, and I forgot they they changed the packaging. This oh, no. Less CLT brands. Here, here's uh, John old man fact. I drink a fuckload of hot tea. Like like, British ass, like fucking mm-hmm. one lump or two, fucking mm-hmm. chunks of sugar, just hot tea, unsweetened. I don't put sugar in it. I just fucking drink tea. So that, so that was product placement right there. What I'm hearing here is John is admitting to the audience that he handles hot tea bags frequently. Only yours, go. <sighs> uh, oh man, you know you could have <laughs> just me. brushed that off, John. Me, wasn't and, me. Uh, good lord. <laughs> Um, you I mean, started I started with grizzly bear tea bags. You I, started this, Charlie. I, I mean, no, I, no, what, no. Um, you know what? The, the, please, can we call this week's episode "Grizzly Bear Tea Bags"? <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> um, God. All right. So, um, so John is uh, the the hot tea slash. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, and Cadbury egg. egg. Yeah. The, the oh, eggs and tea, Pope. qualifies as food, to be honest. So my backup plan yeah. would be pizza. Deep dish. Pizza? Chicago-style deep dish pizza. All right. So then I guess, I mean, mine obviously for liquid would be Mountain Dew because I don't think I've drinking anything else in probably, oh, God, 15 years? Ever? Not, e- not even a glass of water. <laughs> uh, water your, here what, and there. What about your food, though? My food... Hmm. Would probably. I mean, given my 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 lovely lovely diet, um, I am I am a pillar of the healthy eating community. Um, I don't believe you. I'd say I'd probably say Seven Eleven Roller Food would probably have to be my other sponsor. <laughs> I'm addicted to those tornado things. Uh, Tokitos. Yeah, it's a yes. problem. I man, I I would have to say Taco Bell. Taco Bell. I do eat a lot. I do eat a lot of Taco Bell. That's a no-brainer, um, man. Yeah, I'm just gonna. Or have to go Baskin with, uh, Robbins. Wow, I didn't know. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know you had that uh, that dark secret there, Charlie. I didn't know you were a Taco Bellaholic. Oh, he's a Taco Bell man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ever. I mean, like you know, 
I, I, you know, I've, I've, I've long since fallen off the exercise and diet wagon, and Taco Bell has been a big part of that. So, um, yeah. They I, filled the void of running? <laughs> That's a weird... I get it. <laughs> um, literally filled the void, yes, created by <laughs> um, that, that is That is very apt. But... Um, but uh, yeah, so I would be the um, I I would I would have to be the um, the, uh, the the taco technotronicorn is really all I can come up with here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and Mio technotronicorn. Technotronicorn. Because um, I think I think if you're not drinking uh, adult beverages, you're pretty much like a Mio. Yeah, I, you, I like I, a yeah. big Mio nut. Yeah, yeah, I, I do drink a lot of Mios. I mean. The, um, oh, there you go. The the, the ice mocha <laughs> Java coffee ones are actually really good. Um, but yeah, really, I haven't tried that one yet. Yeah. Um, I missed anyways. the rock star opportunity wow. to just say whiskey. And, and I oh, you know what? Yeah, I drink more monster. But you can't than I do Mio though. I, okay, I drink, so yeah, monster. Mon- monster. Monster. So you're warp tour. You are warp tour. <laughs> awesome. That's. Hooray. Okay, so uh, <laughs> this is going on a long time. Uh, so Songbird has one more question for us. She asks, uh, in a parallel universe where the only difference is you three are bitter rivals because something over beer or whatever. That's literally what she wrote. Um, each of you has decided to start a company that covers everything gaming. Uh, what would your establishment be dubbed and or logo slash mascot? It can't be the one you're using now. Um, I would just do Technotrona blank. You know, so like uh, Technotrona Geek, Technotrona Gamer, Technotrona, you know, uh, a- anything I decided I wanted to have a website about, it would just be Technotrona. Technotrona.com. Tech, yeah, yeah, mine, Technotrona. in a fantasy yeah. world, mine would be one of two things. In the real world, I would never try to do these things because I would have Disney and Nintendo trying to climb up my ass, but the obvious three ways would be Flynn's Arcade, um, you know, which weak. is a Tron reference, which is part of where I got the Fallon Flynn from was a Tron reference. That's weak. Or... Um, you know, Flintendo. <laughs> you know. Wow. Uh, yeah. Good God, you'd, you'd press enter and they'd be knocking on your door. That's true. Wanting to chat. It's true. <laughs> Fucking Nintendo Secret Service would be hiding in a bush out front of my house. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those would be the two obvious ways for me. But what would the logos be for Flynn's Arcade? Um, it would be. I want your costume just built into an arcade cabinet. So like you would you would be playing your mask. That would be where the screen would be. That's it. Now I'll just put a, a big giant white coat on my yeah. my arcade cabinet. That's the logo. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's what it will. We'll just make we'll make my character from Beast or Villains the logo, so that Ubisoft will then sue me because they think I stole an Assassin's Creed character. Let's just get everybody... And, and, Fl- and Flynn Arcade <laughs> and Views for Villains gets free PR. I like the my, idea. My old suit, anyways. The new one doesn't look like that. Okay. But, um, no. no. You look like you fell off a... Not a Assassin's Creed movie. And then Flintendo, the Flintendo logo will be just be Mickey Mouse wearing a Mario fucking outfit so that Nintendo and Disney just come in there and pummel the shit out of me until I'm dust. That's, that's the best answer I've got. Mm-hmm. Okay. You should have, you should just have Mickey Mouse and Mario holding up a Nintendo that says Flynn on it. Mm, mm. Go. What about you? Just go full. F- Me? Yeah, it's you. Oh God, I don't know. Uh, it'd probably be something, probably something very inappropriate because you know, I mean, I, I don't do anything nice. Um, I have no idea. Like I, uh, probably. I mean, the easy answer would probably be like go to ask games or something like that. Um, and then the logo would just be a. Goat's ass with the tail up. <laughs> Maybe shitting out a Nintendo cartridge. 
you know, oh. kind of catch the people off guard. That's basically <laughs> what I expected, yeah. Um, okay. So, Songbird, thank you very much for your email. Um, welcome back. And um, also thanks to everybody else who responded to our mailbag question this week. Um, briefly, gentlemen, is there anything that you want to plug um, that you have coming up? Uh, well, it's got plenty of shit coming yeah, up. Yeah, i say next week is uh, Medicon for Villains, um, the 2nd through the 4th, Minneapolis. If you're in the area, come out, say hi. I'd give you more details, but we're literally doing this in real time. Um, <laughs> so it, it should be a fun time. Uh, then, let's see, I got next week will be my last show at this location. I uh, start going... Trekking across the great northern uh, America uh, as of the 10th of September. So to, 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 <laughs> put, it, to, to put those two things together, um, the, mm-hmm. this I'm is... I'm on the road. Well, yes, <laughs> more, but more, more specifically, this tonight is Goat's last show before he starts a slew of shows that could potentially interfere with his appearance on the show. Hopefully not. Hopefully he'll be here next week and hopefully every week following. Uh, hopefully schedules will allow for those things. But as we've already experimented yes. with and found out, uh, even in my case, um, you know, the, um, the uh, it's it's not always... IRL sucks. Yeah. For that. schedules. <laughs> so um, uh, and, and it might be audio only because as we've noticed on the LA trip, <laughs> 4G doesn't like video and audio. Yeah. So, um, so... So, uh, so for the next couple months, um, uh, the uh, you know we uh, we may be lining up some guest hosts to to uh, to help us out in case Goat isn't able to join us, or even if he is, hey, four four on the show is fine too. Um, yeah. So just kind of keep in mind that um, it's uh, we we may also do the live recordings at slightly different times just to be able to better accommodate Goat in case mm-hmm. you know um, time zones suck. People, yeah. I'm sorry. because <laughs> so, we'd rather him be here than not, obviously. Yeah, so yeah, if, we, sure. if we need to record on yeah. like on a different day or at a different time in order to make that happen um, to, you know, to be able to meet our, our typical Tuesday audio mm-hmm. release time. Um, we will be doing that. So make sure that you keep an eye on the, our social media feeds to yeah. find out when our well, live recording schedules yeah. will be. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe is the best yes. way to do that. Right, Charlie? Yes. Because it'll oh, give you a little push notifications and be like, hey, they're on. Absolutely. Um, so. and, um, I apologize I, in advance for for breaking the uh, the normal. <laughs> um, okay, John. Um, anything in addition to that? Uh, just uh, primarily that um, you know, Medicon is coming up as Goat said. It's going to be next weekend in Minneapolis, Minnesota, at the Hyatt um, downtown. Um, you know, this this will be I think our fourth year running performing at that particular event. Um, my brother's trying a whole bunch of new things too for this uh, for this show. And anybody who is a big fan of uh, you know Sarah Lady Delirium, who has performed with us on and off for the last couple of years, she'll be there performing. Um, you know, which is gonna yeah. be cool. Yeah, she's cool, man. Um, you know, so she's gonna be coming. She's got a new costume as well too, because in line with you know the the costumes we launched just a few weeks ago, anybody who's coming in now has you know new costume. Even if they were an old villain that we pull out they of Villains Incorporated, yeah, yeah. And you know anybody who who no longer plays with the band that is still welcome to play with the band, we file into this thing called Villains Incorporated or Villains Inc. And you know they can kind of come back and just play with us you know anytime they want or anytime they're free for a show. Um, so she we pulled her out Perform. of Perform. Standby, yeah, yeah. So play with us sounds really bad. Perform, John. Perform, perform. 
<laughs> He's right. I can't. I have no fucking defense for that. He's absolutely right. Okay. On, on my side of things, um, Ponyville Cider Fest has one more guest, uh, confirmed guest to announce before we get into our musician and community guests and programming announcements and all that. Um, this last guest, um, I will say, um, is a was an incredible source of positivity and energy from uh, MLP MSP. Uh, that's the hint I'll drop for you for this week. Um, for anybody that gives a crap, uh, which is probably none of you, but I don't care. I'm going to do it anyways. Um, so, uh, yeah. it, it is indeed. Uh, so next week's show, what we want to kind of talk about, we touched on it briefly in the episode earlier, is um, is is Nintendo's gimmickiness um, helping or hurting them, especially at this point? It worked out great with the Wii, not so much with the Wii U, and with what we're hearing about the NX, I know some people are nervous, myself, and think some of my co-hosts included. So mm-hmm. next week, we're, we're going to kind of be talking about, we're, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll be taking a look at what we know about the NX so far, um, especially considering Nintendo's announcement from the, this last week, well, not announcement, but just the, the uh, uh, Reggie Fiume's comments about whether or not... Um, um, about not repeating the mistakes of the Wii U, and we'll be looking at that. And our mailbag question to you all is: Do you think Nintendo's gimmicks? Um, do Do you think that they should rely on a gimmick to help sell the NX, or do you think that it might be a better choice to just maybe say the gimmicks, you know, move on and make the NX more of a, just a traditional game console, or do you think that's too plain for them? Because Nintendo, you know, you know, well, well, that that's our question to you: Is do you do you think? Uh, <laughs> Uh, you're, you're, no you're discussion. Running away with yourself. Week. You yeah. are running away with yourself, Charlie. <laughs> little, little bit. So, so. Do you, oh, oh, wait! My stop was back there. For, so, question for the NX: Should it? Should Nintendo include some sort of gimmick to help sell it, or would it be a better option, in your opinion, to go more of the direction of a tip of a traditional game console? You know, like mm-hmm. the Xbox One or the PlayStation Four. That's our question mm-hmm. to you for next week. Yep. Nintendo gimmicks? Yes or no? So, uh, back to Gamerhead Radio. If you've liked GamerheadRadio.com, at Facebook.com backslash GamerheadRadio, at Google.com backslash plus GamerheadRadio, and on Twitter at GamerheadRadio, where I am at T-E-K Charlie, Goat is at Sir Goatsworth, and John is at The Fallon Flynn. You can email us. Make sure you tune in Twitter. That. Um, My my tour Twitter is amazing. (laughs) It's it's true. Uh, and, And Instagram, too, right? Same screen name? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just find me on social media. When I'm on tour, it, 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 I, I can't make this shit up. <laughs> no, it, Charlie, it, Charlie can attest to that. It's, it's true. <laughs> Absolutely true. Um, but uh, but yeah, so um, email us at editors at GamerHeadRadio.com or call us and leave us a voicemail, please, at 949-26-GAMER. Uh, download the official GamerHead Radio app on Google Play devices, um, on Android devices from the Google Play Store, I should say. And you can also subscribe on iTunes, um, um, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, YouTube, Twitch, YouTube, of course, being an important one for us now, or with your podcast download of choice, where our audio episode still comes out typically every Tuesday. Um, thank you very much for watching, listening, subscribing. Um, uh, responding, commenting, Touching. the whole thing. No, caressing. None, none of that. None of that. <laughs> Unless you're Michelle. Uh, only for me. Um, this is getting too complicated. <laughs> yeah, so it's got weird. Yeah. Um, this has been a well, an all over the place episode of Gamerhead Radio. <laughs>
You fuckers are ruining the show. <laughs>